1: Welcome back everybody to Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 124 And this week it is our penultimate episode The second to last year in review I just realized it's our penultimate year in review episode Not a second to last episode ever uh, Just to be <laughs> clear Because the way I said that was weird But yes, yeah, our penultimate year in review episode So we're almost done with these 2019 year in reviews And this week we're covering... Uh, what I'm calling miscellaneous Puro, which basically means anything other than the pure episodes that got their own episodes, uh, which were DDT and Joshi, and New Japan, which is next week. So we're covering, you know, all Japan, Noah, Big Japan, uh, we'll at least touch on Dragon Gate and Russell 1 and Zero One. 1. So that's pretty much the big, you know, the uh, theme this week. My um, guests are both returning guests and both voice of the Wrestling Contributors. Uh, hello, Thomas. Hey, John. How are you doing? I'm okay. Uh, I should mention, too, by the way, if I sound even more nasally than usual, <laughs> uh, I am getting over a cold, so I will try not to sneeze on the air or cough on the air. I gotta get that mute button ready, I guess, but I apologize <laughs> for that. But yeah, how are you doing, Thomas?
0: Doing, doing really good. Um, excited for the new year. I mean... January means a whole ton of shows in Puro, so that always gets me excited and then we've got award season now and it's like a great time of the year.
1: Yeah, both of you still need to turn your friggin' ballots and I think. I'm gonna start yeah. bothering everybody on the air about it because you got till, you got like two weeks left, I think. Or maybe more than that, I forget. I'm, what the I think the date's January tenth. But uh but yeah, so it's award season. It's uh End of year season, exciting stuff. And we'll go over all those Wrestle Kingdom week shows for these because all these promotions pretty much have big shows coming up. Um, And also joining me today is Paul. Hello, Paul. I'm glad you're able to make it this time with the Jitsi actually working.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm happy. I I actually did a test run earlier today just to make sure it works. And there's still some stuff that doesn't quite work for me, but at least I can actually hear people and I can actually talk this time around. Yeah,
1: so that's definitely a good thing. Also, I know you're. <laughs> as soon as you're done with this, you're going to see the Star War, which has very normal reactions <laughs> online.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's unfortunate that we couldn't record this after I was done with the movie, because then I could have given you all of my hot takes on it.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I don't know. Have you seen it, Thomas, or no? Uh, no, I have not. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll get around to it, I guess. I'm not really in a rush, but... I don't know. I mean, I, I never, I never even saw Last Jedi in theaters. I ended up seeing it like six months later or whatever. So I guess it's not, uh, <laughs> it's not like a pressing need on my part. But maybe I'll see it in theaters. I don't know. Um, as far as Omakase goes this week, we're going to get into a lot of different promotions. So let's just get started. Uh, so I, the Miscellaneous period, I thing, it's a new thing this year. I, you know, last year we did All Japan and Big Japan, and the main one I really didn't know if I had enough to discuss and do a whole episode this year is Big Japan, because you know I haven't seen a ton of them. I only saw, you know, like, the bigger shows. Um, you know, All Japan I still watch quite a bit, so we can start by talking about them. They had a really interesting year, <laughs> it's the best <laughs> way I can put it. I mean, there's still, like, a lot of high-end wrestling here, um, you know, a lot of stuff that's on... You know, my my match of the year and like my um, very high on my, my match, my, my best matches 2019 spreadsheet. So, like, the match quality is still very high. You know, the Triple Crown title matches are still really good. You know, there's been some good tag title matches and the Champion Carnival had some really good stuff. But the booking has gotten increasingly suspect. And, you know, I know Joe Lanza ranted about that on the flagship a few weeks ago. And, you know, I, I, it, it's not awful, awful, I don't think. But, like, they make, some deci- they make some decisions that are, like, very, very curious. And, you know, I, I like, a lot of the times I just don't know, like, what the goal is. Like, it, it feels like it, the goal is to make Jake Lee uh, and Ni- Nayori Nomura. But, like, a lot of the times it feels like they don't know how to do it exactly. And it feels very haphazard. So, I don't know. Uh, do you have anything to add about the, the general all Japan booking this year?
0: Well, I mean, I think the wrestling is still top notch, especially in the main event scene. I think it's arguably the best promotion in the world, um, in terms of match quality, but the booking has been, I mean, increasingly confusing, I I guess is the way to put it. Um, so you have the, the, uh, the time you mentioned a couple weeks ago on the flagship uh, during the Tag League finals where Jake Lee gets a big pin on Kenta to set up the uh, a title challenge for January. Uh, and then in the main event, they book themselves in a situation um, where the team of Leon Amor has to lose to Violent Giants again. And so, like, I don't see why you put yourself in that situation um, where you have to beat them in that big spot and especially pin more again. Uh, so it's like on the one hand, I get obviously you didn't you wanted Violent Giants to win the tournament. I mean, I can get that, but you don't put yourself in a situation where you have to beat your two big up and coming stars on like one of your bigger shows of the year in a tournament final
1: for the third time this year by that right. team. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly.
0: At least well, have them get the win over Violent Giants in the tournament <laughs>
1: <yeah>. <laughs>
2: instead
0: of having them get swept this year i don't know
2: yeah it's, i think i actually read about that in like my review of the show as well and it just doesn't make any sense if you really want to make these two then they have to be like it's wrestling booking 101 like it's both ishikawa and Savama don't need to be protected at all they're both and the downsides of their careers they can take the loss like it's actually perfect there should be right now they should be in the stage of their career where this in this exact scenario they take the loss to put over the new guys and i know that they kind of vowed to like disband as a team if they weren't going to win the tournament and i love the violent giants like they're my favorite tag team but if they have to go out that's the perfect time for them to go out like in the finals of the tournament Against the new up and comers, like, that's when you take the loss and you have to disband as a team because that's really the best way for them to go out. But realistically, like, what would be a better way they, for, for them to disband as a team? Realistically, how it's going to end now is one of them is going to get injured and is going to have to retire, and that's how the team ends. Like, there isn't really a better way for them to, like, end as a team together than it would have been for them to lose in the finals of the tag league. Yeah.
1: I mean, so the booking is an issue. It feels like the attendance has stagnated. I think if you look at the whole year, it's like very slightly down from last year, right? Is that I think that's correct? Yeah. So like uh,
2: yeah, it like it yeah. It's and I mean, it's. I think I kind of came onto the half year episode of Omakasa as well. And I think I kind of like I said that I really liked the first half of the year, but I did that. I did have some concerns, kind of for the second half of the year. Because there isn't, the roster is not, is very shallow and that we're going to struggle to kind of find like credible challengers for Kento in the second half. And I think it's played out exactly like that. If yeah. you look at it, who he actually like faced, There was like, he faced Zeus, who he's like, who he's beaten like a million times for a triple count. He faced Noya Nomura, who he already faced earlier this year for the title. And then he faced Jake Lee for the title, like in October, who he beat in the champion carnival's final and who he's going to face again now in january like it's getting really ridiculous like i know and i know he's not good I, he has improved and but i know he's not good but like god damn it could like I know that like the January show is a big show for them, but could you not have given the title shot to like Gianni Valletta? He has beaten okay, him twice. Okay,
0: let's calm that's down. Let's calm down. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they didn't
1: want to do it for like the. I don't Russell know about Kingdom Gianni Valletta. <laughs> I, I think I think it was because of Russell Kingdom Weekend. Because if you remember, like this, that's like you got yeah. so many like foreigner fans there, and you get like they get like so much buzz out of that. And mm. I mean, Kento and Kai. Uh, this year got so much buzz from like Mel to about and stuff. I, I think they yeah. wanted to put up a match that could get that kind of buzz, which obviously would not have been Kento and the Gianni yeah. Valletta. but maybe on like a different type of show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It's a it's been a very weird year because I like a lot of what they've done, like as far as the in ring, but the the booking is really hard to defend. And you know, let me go through it a little bit. I guess that uh, the the first thing I want to talk about that was a really good match. Uh, was the Kendo Miyahara and Suwama on February 24th at the Excite Series? That match is awesome, and you know one of the best Triple Crown matches of the year. Uh, that was at the Yokohama Bunka Gymnasium. Um, you know, so th- and then like it- it's basically like again the one of the issues I had when I tried to go through and pick my award winners is that all Japan did not really have like. Any obvious, um, I don't know, like any obvious um, candidates for best major show, because I don't know, like so many of these shows just didn't have the depth of, uh, I like think they didn't really have like a big, big super card, you know, like they had a bunch of Korakans, um, you know, they had a some a couple Yokohama shows and the Osaka number two show. At least last year they had Osaka, they ran Osaka number one, like they didn't run a big show of that level the closest I guess would be the
0: uh um, match yeah the, the Yokohama Bunker
1: yeah yeah but like if you want to count like the I don't know the destroyer show or the mm, yeah. uh like the memorial shows but like they they clearly wasn't just them. So I don't know. It was a very it's a very weird year for them where they they kind of retreated basically like the years before they did Sumo Hall. Last year they did Osaka number one e d on number one. This year, they didn't do anything, really, on that level. So it's like, you know, they, they just never ran a card that had that kind of, like, really stacked lineup uh, that, you know, other promotions would have run. Like, even, obviously, even, like, Big Japan, you have Gokutan, um, you know, you even have a... God, what the hell's the name of the other one? <laughs> the... The one they run in May, it's like
0: Endless Survivor. Endless
1: Survivor, thank you. Yeah. I kept saying, I kept thinking Death Survivor. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. The um, so like those shows are more, you know, at least they're they're deeper shows than anything we're mm-hmm. getting from All Japan. But uh, you know, maybe it's just a it's just a probably a a thing where they don't have the roster depth to do those kind of shows, I guess, and still have yeah. big matches ready. But I don't know. There's rumblings they might try to run Sumo Hall in 2020, right? Isn't that what somebody said? Yeah. I, th-
0: I think they should. I mean, if Big Japan yeah, can yeah. do it and still, I guess, be afloat every year, I think All Japan can do it. Um, and, I mean, you have a actually-
2: Yeah.
1: Sorry, what did you say, Paul?
2: They did actually draw pretty decently last time they ran Sumo Hall, if I remember correctly. So I like, don't really know where they haven't done it in the last few years. Yeah.
0: Wasn't that like the weird sponsor show? No, that right. was the one before. That was the one year. before. Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: But I don't know. I mean, like, I think they should try it again for sure. Um, we'll see if they do. But, yeah. it, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but they, they, so they didn't have a lot of great, like, super cards in a point of mega. They didn't have a lot of great, like, deep shows. Uh, they had some really good high end matches. Um, you know, their, their undercard tags can be pretty fun sometimes. But, you know, it also depends on the match um the champion carnival tour this it was a really good champion carnival I think yeah. that's pretty. Yeah. I think most people were in agreement about that they were like a few nights towards the start that maybe weren't that interesting but once you get to like Osaka uh, like night seven and eight and then especially those uh, shows they did in Sapporo were like, mm-hmm. just full of good stuff especially like the they have that Ugo Kobayashi and Zeus match that kind of like went, I don't know, like got, got a, a lot of talk up on Twitter, and then that show also had a great Suwam and Jake Lee match in the same show, but uh, you know, like the the core, and then the ends with like you know three really good Coragans, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. definitely, I, that, I would say this was a really good Champion Carnival. It, uh, was maybe, a, it was a
0: great carnival, I would say.
1: Yeah, I think I'm trying to remember the 2018 one. The 2018 one might have been very. Slightly better, but this was still really good.
0: Twenty eighteen one was one with Yuji Hino, right? Yeah, he had some really good stuff. Yeah. I missed him.
1: Yeah. yeah, as
2: well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: I mean, th- I still think this was a, a very good carnival. Though, mm-hmm. So, so at least yeah, two. No,
2: yeah, no, I would say actually that probably like the last nights in Kurukin were probably like it was probably the closest you could get to like a super card with all Japan mm-hmm. really when they- it's like really strong, like final matches, water blocks. Yeah. So, but those are those probably the most stacked shows they had all year. I
1: mean, that April 8th show, especially because you got that bonus Jake Lee and Nomura match at
2: the end. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're talking about the B-block finals? Yeah, the B-block final, yeah. yeah. So that was really good. Um, but yeah, overall, really good champion carnival. Uh, Kento ended up winning as champion, beating Jake Lee in the final what do you think about that decision? Was that a good decision?
0: I think they wanted to give Kento a carnival win because he hadn't won one. And uh, I guess Lee being in that spot uh, makes sense uh, if you want to put Kento over. Uh, do I think Kento necessarily needed the win? I mean, obviously he didn't need it. Um, I just think it was they felt it was something they wanted to do. Um, a champion hadn't won the carnival in a while either. So to, I guess to keep things fresh, I don't think many people expected it or saw it coming until the tournament was like, you know, close to being over. Like, oh, well, Kento's still in it. Mm. <laughs> um, But him beating Okabayashi, I think was a little bit of a surprise. And then I think everyone knew he was going to beat Lee once he got there. Um, And like, when you have a star of that magnitude, um, I guess it makes sense to just give him whatever accomplishments he can. Um, At the same time, do I think no more Lee was ready for a carnival win? Maybe I mean, you had Lee win royal Road later in the year, which is I realize not on the same level but close. Uh, and I didn't expect no more to win the carnival next year, um, but you never know with all Japan. Um, but I think I think it was a maybe not what I would have done necessarily, but I think the the consensus pick coming in was Okabayashi. Um, so it wasn't like they were going mm-hmm. to put over a big star, a big new star, and they decided to put Kento over instead. Um, so I think it was maybe not what I would have done, but a reasonable booking decision.
2: Yeah, I think it was fine as well. It's, I mean, I get I get that they probably didn't want to take the title off of Kento as well, so that's why it makes sense for him to win the carnival as well, because otherwise you just have someone win the carnival and then lose against Kento again, which isn't ideal, and, I mean, Nomura, I mean, I think the promotion was actually somewhat surprised by how much he actually broke out in that match with Kento, just be, in a title match with Kento just before the carnival. And I get, and, and I think it would, have, would, I mean, it would have been an idea to kind of pull the trigger and like have him in the carnival while he was hot, but then he would have had to immediately go back in and then lose against Kento again in a title match. Although I suppose they just did it again later in the year anyway and he lost again, so I guess they could have had him win the candle there too, but I think overall it was still the right decision to give it to Ken on there.
1: Um and then I guess the next thing we should unfortunately mention is uh you know, poor Tsuchiyoki um you know, passing away on June third. Just a terribly tragic accident, um, that I'm sure really had a you know, had a lot of effects on the promotion as far as like the rest of their year, not just even with their, you know, obviously it was the, ju- he just won the junior title, but like, you know, he was such an important part of the, um, you know, the management team and the booking and all that. And, you know, obviously just to lose a, a wrestler that by all, by all like descriptions was a great guy, um, you know, just a really, really nice guy for everyone who seemed to know him. Um, you know, at the very young age of 41, just really, really tragic. Uh, you know, I was I, I my very first trip to Japan. I think I told the story already, but um, we were walking around the uh like train station area, and you know, I was there with uh, Joey Bay, a, a guy I've had on the show before, and he just you know he happened to see Aoki out of the corner of his eye, and he was like, you know, recognized him. And you know, just you know, shouted up to him and went up to him and Ioki was just like he was so humble and just so stunned to be recognized by a foreigner. He was like he just asked like in English, like how you know me? It was just very funny. <laughs> but uh but yeah, he was like super, super nice and like took pictures and yeah, it was uh I don't know, just really, really sad. So
2: I feel Yeah. Maybe. And I think also what we kind of realized as well, kind of after his death as well, was how important he probably, I mean, we kind of knew that he was involved in the backstage of All Japan, but I don't think we actually realized like how much and how much of a cornerstone of the entire organization of the promotion he actually was, because it was pretty much immediately noticeable, like that there was just a giant hole there all of a sudden that I think there's still somewhat struggling to actually like fill
1: yeah. It's just so sad. It's one of those things. If I, if I think about it at all, it just makes me very sad. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, You know, and the, the junior title, I, I, I like the decision they made to just, you know, to not fill that, not rush to fill that title. You know, I think it's, a, it was a very respectful decision. And I think, you know, just, we, we as we're talking here, we still don't have a junior champion. I mean, the tournament, it's finally underway, and I, it's going to conclude uh, January third, right? I, I believe.
0: Yeah, the semis so. are on the second, and then the finals are on the third. Yeah,
1: so I yeah. basically had no junior champion for like the entire second half of the year, which I think you know it, it's a very, uh, uh, I, you know, I like that decision. I think they did a, you know, I think that's a good, it was a good choice to honor Aoki. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. There's not. It's a very downer topic, but I felt like we had to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. let's see what else here uh, Kento defended the triple crown against Yoshitatsu I don't even remember that match
0: it was surprisingly
1: good <laughs> oh yeah okay I think I do remember that now and
0: okay. they drew like a surprisingly really good house for it too like yeah <laughs> people
1: people like Yoshitatsu I don't it, know I don't know if that's really uh, <laughs> properly understood by some people but, uh, I'm looking through their summer how was the Junior Tag Battle of Glory? I don't think I saw it pretty much ending Junior of that. Tag Battle of Glory? Yeah,
0: no, no, I didn't watch that. I did watch the Junior Battle of <laughs> I, Glory.
2: Yeah, I was. mean, sorry. Okay. Like, that is the most inconsequential tournament in all of wrestling. <laughs> all Japan doesn't even have Junior tag, tag There's literally nothing you win in that tournament. Don't
0: you win an All Asia shot or something?
2: <laughs> no one ever talks about it ever again, and like you don't get a title shot, you don't get anything out of it. Like, sorry, I think didn't Joe do like day to day coverage of that tournament? He was probably the yeah. only one that I actually watched. it.
1: Yeah. I think, and I think uh, Thomas is right. You do get a all Asia shot because Hakaru Sato and uh, Yusuke Okada won it on July twenty eighth, and they got an all Asia title shot against uh, Jake Lee and Iwamoto on August twenty fourth. They did not win though, yeah. so I, they
0: I almost you know. always lose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh the that the august the july twenty eighth show also had the Kento Zeus Triple Crown title match which um it, I, it, obviously I think it would it, be a stretch to say it was bad it clearly wasn't bad, but um you know it was clearly still an awesome match, but probably I mean I would say definitely not to the level of that match in October. no I'm trying to remember what the I no. gave it so let me see if I can find my rating. So i don't even, so the fact that I don't even remember it that well would imply I probably didn't rate it very highly i but, uh sorry go ahead
0: i mean i I did actually really like that match. I think I gave it like four and a quarter four and a half stars um but like <laughs> the thing about Kento's year is I think his average title match for me is like four and a half stars, so to some <laughs> extent they all blend together yeah. <laughs> like he said yeah, I don't, it's third not on, year.
1: it's not on my four star uh, maybe didn't give it especially, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I didn't even give it four. I man, no, I watched it, but yeah. yeah, it wasn't the well, what are you gonna do I mean look the the woman's use last year was like a four and three quarter star match for me, and you know, yeah, that match was not,
0: incredible
1: this did not get close to that level for me um but yeah, I mean like it's uh it was diminishing returns though because that show you know, Last year, when they, they made an event with that with Zeus winning the title in Osaka number one, it drew like 2,000 fans, I believe, which you know isn't great for AD on number one, but I mean, still like 2,000 fans. And here, this drew in AD on number two, so they didn't even try to run AD number one this time, this drew 886. So that's yeah. really a big drop. And a lot of promotions had trouble drawing in Osaka last year, not just All Japan, but that's mm-hmm. pretty that's a pretty terrible number.
2: I mean, yeah. really no way to spend that. Yeah. I think I think they keep kind of overestimating mm-hmm. how much of a draw Zinz actually is in Osaka. Yeah. I mean, he's from there, but he probably isn't like a big draw for Osaka. Like he obviously has his fans there, but not to the level that the promotion really expected, I guess.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I think the title win there last year felt like a huge deal, but there there's must be diminishing returns to some extent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh September third had the Korokan where Kento beat Nomura. Uh that match was awesome. I went four and a half stars on that. Four and three um, quarters
0: for me. It was just tremendous yeah. stuff.
1: Um you know, Nomura, I mean he looked, if anything, ready to take the title there. And yeah. did not pull the trigger, but I you know, I kinda wish they had, honestly.
2: Yep, I agree. Yeah. I mean I get that they want to get Kento to kinda break the record, but I honestly think, like, what does all Japan need right now more to have Kento have, like, another kind of meet somewhat well achievement or to have, like, another guy that is kind of on his level? And I think it probably needs more, it more needs someone that is on his level rather than just give another accolade to Kento.
0: I mean, I think, I guess we can talk about this when we're previewing the shows a little later, but I think people are underrating the chances that Kento loses to Jake Lee on January 3rd. Yeah.
1: Uh, the Royal Road tournament was after that, which... It was a strange tournament. I, the first round I did not think was very good. Like, it just didn't peak very high at all. But then the second round was awesome. Like, the second round had Kento and uh, uh, Jiro, which was great. And uh, I liked that Ishikawa and Takazawa match a lot more than a lot of people seem to. And uh, Zushinomura was awesome. But yeah, it was a very or maybe it was Jake Lee and Kai. I I don't know. One of those two matches on that show were really good. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, it was a very, very good second round. Um, And the semifinals and finals were good, but, like, not as good as they could have been. Like, the the Kento Zeus match was pretty good. Jake Lee and Shuji, which is a really weird, with a weird finish. And then uh, the final with Jake Lee beating Kento, it almost felt too easy in that moment. I don't know, because, like, I remember we talked about it on the on the episode um like it just felt like J- Jake kind of just like dropped him with a backdrop, and that was it, and I was like, this man is usually like unkillable when the title's on the line and you just like backdrop him once and one, two three it just felt very cheap, like you know, I don't know it felt like you should have had to kill him to pin this man finally and it just it they I didn't like the way they did it at all to finish, so that was my big complaint.
0: I think I was maybe the outlier on that match, but I adored that final um, with Lee and Kento. I went four and three quarters on it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't remember it enough to fully, you know, like remember your criticism, but I'm pretty sure like it was a type of thing where like the backdrop is pretty over. Um, and I think Kento kicked out of one and then he hit the second one. Um, I feel like that's what happened. Um, but, I mean, I have four and three quarters run down, and I remember just being, like, so into that match while I was watching it, and I feel like the atmosphere was really, really great. Um, and I don't think they hit that level in the title challenge that followed, which I realize is an outlier take. Uh,
1: yeah, we're, we're a complete reverse. Yeah. there. Yeah,
0: uh, we're, we're a very outlier take <laughs> there, but I definitely – I preferred this very much the title
2: challenge that followed, but it's just me.
1: What do you think of the tournament,
2: Paul? Yeah. Yeah, uh, pretty much. I, I didn't like it as much as I think I liked the one last year. It, yeah, last year was Overall, bad. I guess it was fine. There was, nothing, there was nothing, like, bad in it either, but I don't think there was really a lot of memorable stuff either. I think really the final was the most memorable thing with Jake finally overcoming Kento. And the match, overall, it was fine. wasn't really, like, a blow-away match for me either. I think I kind of liked the champion carnival match a bit better. I did too. Obviously, like I think, I think overall, though, it was like the right decision to have Jake over there because otherwise, you're just completely like destroying Jake if you have him lose against Kento in like two tournaments in the same year. Uh,
1: October 24th had the title match at Corican, and this was the Kento and Jake Lee match that I absolutely loved. I went four and three quarters on this one, uh, which is probably even a little higher than a lot of people, but I thought this match was just incredible um you know that they really like hit just a really really high level for me as far as like just the two of them like killing each other at certain parts and you know the crowd being super super into it and i don't know it just hit that it hit that extra level for me almost match of the year you know almost five stars but uh you know really really close and definitely my all japan match of the year here so um mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I thought this was incredible.
0: Crazy how we're flipped on this because I think I was like three and three quarters on this, and I went four and three quarters on the other one.
1: Yeah,
0: so that's kind of wild. Um, yeah, I mean, I think part of it was just me being—I mean, the the result I think might have tampered my enjoyment a little bit, um, potentially because I did come into this thinking that Jake had a decent shot of winning the title. I definitely didn't expect it, um, but I was hoping for it just because. Paul was mentioning it earlier, just the Kento reign feels so played out. And I mean, to be honest, like we could be looking up six months from now and Jake Lee has the title and business is just tanking. But I think you have to try something new soon. Like if Kento is still the champion after the carnival, which I don't think he will be, but if he is, I think that is just a, a huge booking failure on the part of all Japan to not even... Try to push one of the two young guys. Um, just give him a shot, you know, with the title, and see where it goes.
2: Yeah, I think kind of Kento has kind of taken the title kind of as far as he can by himself, or he has taken the promotion as far as he can by himself, and he just needs someone else to be there as well. So I didn't necessarily dislike the decision here to not put the title on Jake, but I do think that they kind of should put it on him in January and just try and see what happens and if it doesn't work then you can always have him like lose the title to whoever wins the champion carnival
1: alright so um, then pretty much after that is Real World Tag League which I will be honest I didn't watch any of I have to go back and check some of it out at some point I just didn't have time Um, so do you guys have anything to say about Real World Tag League how was it this year
2: uh, I really like it. I mean, it had the greatest tag team of all time in it, which is why I volunteered to review all of their matches with uh, Takashi Yoshida and Gianni Valletta. And, I mean, all kind of joking aside, I actually was somewhat positively surprised by their matches as well, because I actually expected them to be bad, but they were actually mostly entertaining. And I think they definitely were like way worse teams than them in the league overall. It's I think overall it was a pretty strong tournament but there was a very clear kind of difference in kind of the level of performance that were in the tournament so there was a very clear difference between like the level of teams that were in the tournament so for example you had like your really good teams with the Violent Giants and uh, uh, Yuma Eoyagi and Kento Miyahara and then your Jake Lee and Neuer Nomuras and those were like the really kind of great teams and then kind of in the middle there you actually had Yoshida and Valletta and uh, Doring and Akiyama and then kind of more towards the bottom you had like Tijiri and Kai who are not great and then Joel Redman and y- Yoshitatsu who both of them like individually actually somewhat like depending on the opponent but in this tournament like every time I was reviewing a match of theirs I was like generally the way I do it is like I watch the match and I take notes while I watch the match and then I write a review afterwards and Every single time afterwards, I just was staring at pretty much nothing there for my notes because it was just – their matches were generally such complete nothings and just their matches that it was just a massive struggle to write about them. But I think overall, like, the high-end stuff in the tournament was really high enough. Like, for all of the complaining I did about the booking of the final show, is like, those kind of, like, final three matches there they had with – Miyahara and Aoyagi against uh, Lee and Nomura, and then which was one of the best tag matches I've seen all year. And then the uh, Tijiri and Kai match against the Giants, which was just hilarious, where Tijiri just completely gets punked out in like two minutes. It was awesome. And then you have like the final itself, which Bonky booking aside, was like really really strong match as well. So I think overall, like the strong stuff in the tournament was strong enough to kind of uh kind of counterbalance the bad stuff that was also there in the tournament
1: all right uh that was definitely a a thank you for that thorough review um (laughs) definitely definitely made me want to check it out so um what do you think thomas anything to add uh I have
0: not watched uh any of the <laughs> top <time. laughs> Okay. Um, I actually I actually I set an alarm this morning. I was like, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna watch at least the hype stuff and I slept right through it and so
1: <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I mean Paul yeah. has covered apparently. Paul
0: hundred like, percent has enough real world tag league knowledge for the three of us. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I definitely <laughs> wanna
0: check out at least the final show and yeah, the hype I stuff do, from the rest, I yeah. Do. yeah.
1: I do too, but, you know, time is a valuable commodity. <laughs> it most certainly is. Um, So let's go ahead and wrap up the year. I would say, again, I enjoy it. i watch the Korakins. I watch the big shows. I tune in for other random stuff that gets hyped. Uh, oh, actually, one more story before we wrap up the year. The sweeper ended, which was the uh, Jake Lee stable, and now we have Jin which is, like, Jake, Nomura. Jake, <laughs> I mean, look, it makes more sense than uh, how Nomura team with Jake Lee, but was it in Sweeper? That made no fucking sense. So, you know, just having the three of them be a unit, I guess, makes a lot more sense than, uh, you know, that weird-ass setup, but what a weird
2: name. Jin.
1: I mean, I know there's also, it's yeah. also, like, a kanji, too. To fair,
2: um, sorry? To be fair, it seems to be kind of an all-Japan tradition to have, like, a long-term tag team but they're not in the same faction where like right. Violent Giants have been teaming for years but Ishikawa isn't in Evolution <clears throat> and then you had Yoshitatsu and uh, Kento. and Kento teaming but then Yoshitatsu wasn't in an stream. and yeah then you had like Jake Lee and, uh, and Nomura but then Nomura wasn't in Sweeper so <laughs> I guess that was just kind of a, a an all Japan tradition to do it that way but yeah. I, I do kind of like it more kind of a unit now, although I don't really get why they had to change the name. They could have just kicked Sire out of Sweeper and just kept Sweeper around because otherwise I don't really see what the difference is.
1: Well, it's Jin now. I know. Yeah. Uh, I know. but yeah so that's the other big thing. So to wrap up their year, again, good matches, really good matches, some you know really, really high-end stuff. If you if you look at my uh four star plus spreadsheet, I mean the next the promotion you're gonna see the most of is obviously new japan uh but then after that it's probably all japan i mean there's just a ton of high-end all japan matches this year but uh you know there's it's just the booking is still leaves a lot to be desired um you know i think the kento reign has gotten pretty stale and you know it's uh I, i would like to see them try something new and maybe jake lee will win on january 2nd but uh I think it's time to try it. And it's clearly not just the booking has stagnated, but the attendance has as well. So, you know, they're not really like going up anymore. So like we want to see, they need to try something different, I think. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I think it's probably the promotion that I've enjoyed the most from an in-ring perspective at the top of the card Um, this year, even more than New Japan. um, I think the Triple Crown matches – have just been far and away better than any other major title matches in any promotion this year.
1: That I agree with, actually. The IWGP title, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, outside of I think the only title matches I really liked were Okada Suzuki. Yeah, that was great. And I guess the Okada Sonata, like, King of Pro Wrestling one, not the Jontaku one. But yeah, I mean, he didn't... Okada didn't... Like, pretty pretty much all of New Japan's best matches this year were in tournaments. Yep. And, like, the actual IWGP heavyweight title was not... Like the, the, it wasn't some classic rain or anything from Okada, and you know, just really wasn't.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. So, but that being said, as much as as I've enjoyed Kento um, from an in ring perspective, um, and I've enjoyed him so much, I mean, but I think it's time for a change. Um, and if there's Lee on one three, and then if that doesn't happen, no more in the carnival. Um, one of those two things has to happen, I think. Like has to happen, um, for this promotion to keep moving forward. Because I mean, the Kento reign a couple years ago is what brought the company back, Um, but you can see it's stagnating now, um, and even maybe slightly declining. Um, I know Corkins are down; they've also ran Corkin a lot more. Um, So I'm not sure how much of that is fans losing interest um, versus just overrunning Corkin, but i mean i think it's time it's time for a change for sure um and like i want to play vc kento with the tag titles for six months or something i mean that would be nice just just a new you know breath of fresh air at the top of the card would be really nice but that being said i think um in ring wise it's been just a tremendous product this year
1: uh any final thoughts to add paul
2: Uh, Yeah, I think it's kind of the same for me as well. I think I probably came off a little bit more negative in this overall than I actually feel on the promotion. It's just because I love it. So I'm slightly annoyed by the missteps that they've kind of taken this year. But overall, in ring, I think Kento is still like beyond any doubt. And if they kind of get someone there to step up, then they tend to step up as well. Like, I think a perfect example of that was Noya Nomura early in the year, where like that triple crown title match was just a complete breakout for him as a potential future star and i think overall like if they kind of play their cards right next year i think there's still a lot of potential for the promotion to grow but they just have to be brave enough to just pull the trigger next year and i think then they'll be fine
1: yeah i I agree so let's quickly look ahead at the, they have all Japan has two upcoming shows during Wrestle Kingdom week. Um, the traditional January 2nd and 3rd Korakins. The cool thing about these shows for us Americans is they're both on early enough that you can definitely check them out live. Even if you're not uh, one of these people that can just stay up in the middle of the night all the time, which I wish I was still, but I'm not, unfortunately uh, January 2nd, Thursday, January 2nd, it's 1130 AM. It'll air uh, Wednesday the 1st at 9.30 p.m. if you're Eastern Time in the U.S. Um, it's main evented by Zeus and Ryuji Sai defending the All Japan World Tag Team titles against the violence Giants Suwama and Chujishikawa. Also have the New Year's Battle Royal, the traditional thing they do every year. Uh, two semifinals in the World Junior Heavyweight Title Tournament with Koji Iwamoto facing Dragon Gate's Suzumu Yokozuna. Uh, Yokosuka, and then Hikaru Sato against Dragon Gate's Kagetora and then we also have a couple other guest stars here um, we have Masnabo Fuchi the Great Sasuke and Tajiri taking on Abdullah Kobayashi, Frank Atsushi and Great Kojika and then we have uh, <laughs> Keisuke Okada uh, Atsu- Atsuki Oyagi and Dan Tamura against Akira Francesco Hayato and Danny Jones so there you go Hayato, is that Hayato Jr. for Gita? I believe so. So he, because I know he just came back, so that's pretty cool.
0: The uh, main event of that show should be really great. I really enjoyed their match earlier this year. I think it was four and a quarter on it, um, from was it September Corkin mm-hmm. um, with violent giants against Cyan Zeus. That was the match where, um, it was basically Zeus like carrying his team, um, to the win. Uh, really great match,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. so that's that's exciting uh we'll see who wins but the bigger show of the two is the january 3rd on friday at 11 30 a.m again so again 9 30 p.m on the second eastern time uh this has kentomia harbors versus jake lee for the triple crown title as the main event uh the final of the world junior Award title tournament with the two winners and then the two losers will be in a six-man tag team match um with a bunch of other junior heavyweights and you also have a, a couple other eight-man tags, really nothing that big. But the important thing, obviously, is do we Kento and Jake Lee? Uh, does Jake Lee finally beat Kento? Do we hashtag stop the Kento, or are we going on to are we going on to uh, Kento setting that record? I guess we'll find out. But those two shows look pretty good. I'm excited to watch them. I'll probably check them out live since the time works out so well.
0: Yeah. I think I think it's clear that All Japan sees Lee ahead of Nomura still. Um, and I thought there was maybe a tie in the middle of the year where I thought, okay, Nomura might have passed him. But it's clear. I mean, both of them have had um, singles matches against Kento this year. Um, but I think it's important that Lee's matches against Kento have been the finals of the Royal Road and the finals of the Champion Carnival. I mean, those are two really big spots, I think, even more than just a normal triple crown match. Um, and so I think... Lee could win the title here. Um, I think there's a good chance that he does. Uh, I don't know if I want to predict it outright. Um, Coming in, you know, a month ago, I would have said, I think no more is winning the carnival and beating Kento. Uh, But I just, I have a feeling in the back of my head, I'm probably 60-40, but I think Jake Lee walks out um, January 3rd with the title. That's a big spot to get some buzz. You're going to get a lot of eyes on you. That's probably going to be maybe your most watched match of the year just because of the time, the timing of it. Uh, and how publicized it'll be and you want to make a guy in Jake Lee, um, I think that's the
1: spot you do it in. And you also could set it up as like another rematch for Simo Hall if they're gonna do that. Yeah. So I, I mean look, I, I if people are very down on Jake Lee and I get it, but like if he shows the kind of fire he showed at times against Kento last year, you know, I think he could I think he's totally fine as a champion. But you know, yeah. maybe it maybe it's a huge mistake, maybe it craters the company. No way to know until you try. But, like, clearly just going on right now is not really doing anything for you. So, I don't know. What do you think, Paul? Do you think any – did any chance Kento loses the belt here? I mean, until
2: recently I would have said no. I do think now maybe that there is a bit more of a chance. I'm still not very confident that Jake is going to win the title here, even though he really, really should. Because otherwise he will just become that tall nerd. Yeah. And (laughs) – I, I think it's, I think he had about a 30% chance of walking out with the title here. So we'll see.
1: So there you go. That's all Japan's here. Uh, let's move over to a pro wrestling Noah. Uh, Noah is a promotion that like, I think has got a lot of hype in certain corners um, to a degree. I totally get it because they're very, they're doing some stuff that's very different from, you know, what everybody else in Japanese wrestling is doing, like, they, you know, embracing, like, um, certain elements of, like, I don't want to say, like, a Noki-ism, but, like, almost, like, more of that style, but, like, you know, bringing in, you know, Kaz Fujita, and, you know, having Deki Suzuki in big matches and stuff, like, they're more open to that, I guess, than some other promotions. On uh, the other hand, they're very clearly, like, aping New Japan in a lot of different ways when it comes to, like, Calling the G, their G, the Global League, get renamed to the N1 Victory, and, you know, the G- GHC, <laughs> G- the GHC, heavyweight title that might as well be like a fucking IWGP heavyweight title cosplay, uh, you know, some stuff like that. I mean, clearly they're trying to market themselves as like, you know, New Japan, but slightly different. So that's, th- that is interesting, I guess. Uh, they introduced a secondary heavyweight title, which they haven't had in, you know, like 15 years with the GHC national title. So some interesting moves there, a lot of different, you know, obviously the, uh, you know, the, the green mat is gone now and they have the, the different logo and stuff, which took some time to get used to, but uh, you know, definitely once I got used to it, I, it's pretty easy to, um, you know, it it, it feels natural now. So that's good. Um, You know, there's a lot of stuff where I I will check them out and like, you know, they get a lot of hype in some circles and, you know, I'll be like, well, that was a three and a half star match. I mean, it was good, but like you know, I definitely seemed better. Like, there was a, oh god, it was like it was Hideki Suzuki match, and I, I normally like Hideki quite a bit, you know, not all the time, but a lot of his stuff does connect with me. But there's some Hideki match. Um was it um against a Go? It was against Go, yeah. The 30-minute draw. God, I, hated like, that. I didn't hate it. I thought <laughs> there were like there was like some stuff that I was like, wow, I, I totally get why people like this so much like i and I'm, i don't dislike that i sat down and watched it but like it definitely also did drag and it, you know by the end of it i was like yep that was a good little three and a half star match i don't regret watching it but it's not going to be like a match of the year type thing for me um you know and then there was some stuff even that i liked more than i think some of the noah fans seem to like like Kano and uh and kiyomiya from noah the best I mean, I was like four and a quarter on that. and I think a lot of people seem to hate it for some reason, but I thought that was a really
0: that well, was really good. Yeah, I went yeah. four on it. Yeah,
1: that was a really awesome mm-hmm. like in event style match that maybe didn't quite. I mean, they were trying to go for like match of the year, didn't quite get to that level, but like I thought it was still a pretty awesome match. Um, so you know, it's a very up and down year for me. I, I most of what I tuned in for, I enjoyed. I did it. There wasn't so much that like there was a lot of stuff I didn't see at all. Just say that out of the get that out of the way right away, but like a lot of stuff I tuned in for, I thought was good, but not quite like maybe at the level I saw it hyped. Uh, Some of the stuff was legitimately really good, and I mean, this is this will spoil my final thoughts, I guess, on the awards. But I mean, I thought they put on one of the best supercards of the year with the the Noah the best battle of aesthetics at Sumo Hall. I mean, that was a really good um, return to for them and you know it drew really well as far as like for as far as what what people were expecting going in like i thought going in you know anything above three thousand would be a success for them and they did fifty five hundred, so very very strong number there um almost as good as ddt did and you know the the show was just a really good show filled with like you know a bunch of matches i enjoyed and you know a bunch of guest stars and some stuff that like just it felt like a big show and a big deep super card so you know, one of my favorite shows of the year. In um, axes is like the the one thing where I'm just like, yeah, they are. I mean, Go Shizaki and katsuhiko Nakajima—they deserve all the hype they've gotten. They're they were an incredible tag team this year, and pretty much everything I saw of them in was really good.
0: Thank so, you, John.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> definitely. I definitely want to even go back and check out more of their stuff, but everything I saw was really good. So, those are my macro no yeah. thoughts. No, I mean, oh, go ahead, Paul.
2: No, definitely. Kind of, kind of wonky team name aside, like they've been pretty great overall. Yeah, I think they will probably, probably pop up for at least a few of us in uh, rankings later. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, what do you what do you think of the promotion as a whole? I guess, Tom. That's like, what was their twenty nineteen like for you?
0: I ran really hot and cold on Noah throughout the year. Uh, there was a period where I went like a few months without watching it, and there's a period where it was like one of the promotions I was most excited to watch. Uh, I think their 2018 was much better, um, but I thought this year was really good, too. I was just crazy about their 2018. I think Tagashi Segura's uh, GHC reign was um, probably close to the level of Kento's Triple Crown reign this year, and um, that I think it was the defining reign of 2018. So I didn't think it was really going to be possible to match that in my mind. Um, but they had a solid year. Uh, from start to finish. I loved the Kaito and Keno stuff uh, throughout the year, Um, starting um, on 1-5 at the beginning of the year, year. 1-6 at the beginning of the year. I thought that match was really great. And continuing through the tag league, and then main eventing, your Sumo Hall return with that match of the two young rivals instead of like a Marafuji or a Sugiora title challenge, I thought showed some balls and it paid off, and I'm really glad they did that. Um, I thought the N1 was really good. Uh, there was a match i want to say Sugiyara and go um from the block finals that i was really crazy about uh so yeah i mean overall uh a good year i thought i'm not big into the noah juniors personally i I know there are some people that are but it's just not really my thing Uh, but i thought their main event scene is really good the tag scene was probably the best uh in in the world i want to say i gotta think about that for a second but I want to say I enjoyed their tag stuff more than anyone. Um, the tag league was really good as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a good year. Um, it's just, I thought, not as good as their
2: 2018, um, but still a really good year. Um, but yeah. yeah. I
1: think, oh, sorry, go ahead, Paul.
2: Yeah, I think overall it was pretty strong year. No, it's never been, like, a promotion for me where I watch, like, the day-to-day, like I do for, like, All Japan, where I, like, go in and watch, like, single-cam shows of, like, no commentary from some village from uh, Shikoku. But like, I think for, no, I mostly kind of go back and kind of watch the stuff that was kind of hyped and kind of the major show, kind of the major shows and everything I've seen there generally I enjoyed a lot when it was hyped up. Maybe as you mentioned as well, John, maybe not to the level that like it was hyped up to before, but I think overall it was still like a very strong year for the promotion and I think most importantly, it was kind of a year of stabilization for them after they've just had like a lot of turbulence in the previous years. And there wasn't really any kind of major kind of behind-the-scenes drama for them this year, which I think the promotion desperately needed.
1: Yeah, is trying to be a very good booker, which, you know, yes. I guess it makes sense when you look at like... It, it always seems to be like those kind of like low-card, scummy... Like, <laughs> like has lots of friends in the business. Like, kind, like I, I'm not really surprised, honestly, that Nasawa tried to be a really good Booker. So um, out of the question, out of the question.
2: Well, uh, and yeah, it kind and, of weirdly coincided with the disappearance of Black Tiger Seven from all Japan. I wonder where he's gone.
1: Yeah, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, so I think I think for sure, you know, the promotion is definitely in a more stable place than they've been in a few years. Uh, you know, they drew, a, like I said, a really strong number at Sumo Hall, which I think was among the better news, uh, you know, they've yeah. gotten all year. Um, and then we'll talk about they're doing really well for the start of next year, too. So I think they have some real momentum. You know, people are into their their top stars. And, you know, you know I think Kaito is really catching on as a top champion. You know, not it's not that the promotions, like, take it off into the fucking stratosphere or anything, but, like, he you know, they, they've they accepted him in that role. So, you know, and then they have, like, you know, Congo, which is, like, a really cool, um, like, anti-authority unit with Kano and Kidamiya and uh, Yoshiki Inamura, who's, you know, really coming out of nowhere this year to be a really strong young wrestler. He's great, um, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, you have Go and Nakajima that have been really good. And, you know, I think, obviously, as we talked about them as a tag team, but they they probably will be a big part of the singles next year, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. I know it's a popular theory out there that like Nakajima will might be the one to come out of the weeds and unseat Kaito next year, which I, I could definitely see happening. Um, you know, the national title is a new thing, but like Sugera, you know, with the belt again is definitely a good thing. And I think that'll help with the drawing too. So just a ton of good stuff. I think they're, you know, really set up well for next year to have, you know, another strong year. So let's go ahead and look at their upcoming shows. Cause they have a couple big ones uh Russell Kingdom weekend. First of all, the you know, people laughed when they booked this. They decided to go head to head with Russell Kingdom on January fourth, and the show is fucking sold out, basically. <laughs> so it worked out. I mean, I don't know if it's just like I mean, I it's stacked this show. Yeah, it is a stacked card. Uh it's called New Sunrise, six thirty PM Head to head at Russell Kingdom on January fourth. And, you know, they stacked the show. Um they uh you know they really like Went out of their way to make this show like a big, big deal. And I'm sure if you're like a, a, a certain type of fan in Japan, probably that like maybe is sick of New Japan or is just sick of them being the be all end all of wrestling over there to a degree that like to an even stronger degree than ever has in the past. I mean, you saw the same sentiment when like, um, you know, Shinshiro Takagi at Peter Pan last year announced the um what's it called the the Saitama super arena show for the following year. And he had the old new Japan ring announcer there. And you know, the new Japan ring announcer said like, you know, don't let new Japan be the only winners in Japanese pro wrestling. It's boring if they're the only ones who can succeed. And the crowd cheered that like crazy. So there is definitely a certain type of Japanese wrestling fan. That's like, you know, we want somebody out of the new Japan to be a big deal. And look, I, I've said this for. Other people have said this too. Somebody should run against WrestleMania. (laughs) Like, if you put up legitimately, like, like Beyond, or I think it was Joe that said that, like, some you put like Beyond or like some other fucking major Indian, like, put up a stack. They could draw like a thousand fans or something.
0: Yeah, and you brand it as like against against the Fed. Yeah, you're gonna draw.
1: (laughs) But yeah, so this show, New Sunrise, sold out Corrigan. Uh, the main event is Kaito Kiyomiya versus Go-, Go Shiozaki, the junior heavyweight title. So as we just talked about, a big singles match here for Go. Uh, I don't think he'll win, but you know, hopefully they produce a really good match here. Does anyone think Go is winning the heavyweight title?
0: No. No. Okay. But I think the match is going to be really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hayata defending the junior title against Ogawa. Uh, Tagachi Sugera defending the national title against Masa Kidamiya. Uh Katsuhiko Nakajima versus Michael Elgin. Hopefully Elgin has a better showing here than he did at Alconsumo Hall because that man sucked. sucked. Uh, Naomichi Marafuji and Minoru Tanaka versus Doug Williams and Chris Chris Ridgeway. And Kano and Yoshiki Inamura versus Hideki Suzuki and Kenya Okada. That could rule. I'm really excited for that one. As far yeah. as the like, undercard tag. Um, so. I'm kind of sneakily
2: excited for the tag match before that as well the Marufuji Tanaka yeah. will start Williams and Ridgway because Williams is retired like his last match was like when he had like I think at the start of this year when he had like a match in Noah and I think that was actually in fear like the last booking he was like supposed to have but like then they bring him back like this year again for another tag match so I'm actually kind of wondering about that
1: It's interesting and, yeah,
2: and I think actually, shot. and I think actually, I also think for people that might not actually know like the geography of Tokyo that well, it, when you say that they run like against Wrestle Kingdom, like it's not just that they run against Wrestle Kingdom at the same time, it's that they're pretty much running in the same place as well because Kurikon Hall is just downstairs from the Tokyo thing as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is interesting. Like, basically, you're going to be – I mean, you probably felt very – you probably feel very rebellious, you know? Like, you're like, oh, everybody else is going to this giant Tokyo Dome, but I'm going right here to Corkin right next door to see Noah. So, you know, it's definitely, I think, gives you that anti-authority, like anti, you know, the, the people that are dominating wrestling. So I, I think it's, I think it was really smart by them. And, you know, it, it's easy to say that now in hindsight when the show sold out, but
2: mm-hmm. you know
1: it's a very, it, it was a very ballsy move. And the, I think it was a, you know, clearly a good one.
0: I mean, Noah's been really ballsy this year and I think yeah. it's paid yeah. off. I mean, they ran Eddie and one in a year where everyone was failing in Osaka and they just blew everyone's expectations out of the water. They blew everyone's expectations out of the water at Sumo Hall and then they're going to sell out a show running head-to-head with Wrestle Kingdom. And I think from a business perspective, at least, I think Noah's had a wildly successful year. Because um, this is going to be the third time, assuming this show sells out, that they've defied the expectations of, you know, the, you know, Twitter intelligentsia. They're like, oh, why are they doing that? I mean, it's Noah. I mean, this is a promotion that, you know, can't Phil Corkin half the time. Well, they're about to do it head-to-head with Wrestle Kingdom. And that's what that's what you can do when you have hype around your promotion, you know, Coming off of a big Sumo Hall show, um, you got an exciting main event. I mean, I'm really excited for the show. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to watch it, you know, probably right after Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom or whatever. I don't know what is. Hey, I'm up, sure right. it's
0: not going to go up for a week. Oh, yeah.
1: It's, I don't know. January 5th has the Noah Reboot show at Corkin Hall. which this one is not head to head at Wrestle Kingdom. This is one of the shows you can, like, go to before Wrestle Kingdom that day if you're in japan uh this one starts 11:30 a.m at corican and russell kingdoms at 3 p.m that day so i mean like you know like like paul just said like you're a minute walk from from tokyo dome so it's not like you're gonna have any trouble getting into the dome uh maybe for the pre-show match i don't know but uh you know definitely pretty easy um but yeah, so that's the Noah Reboot show. Now, talking about how they're aping New Japan in a lot of different ways, this is like a <laughs> match card to be announced during the show. So this is clearly the New Year's Dash, you know, like the big show the night before and then the the reboot show the next day. So that's going to be a mystery card. You'll get that when you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, go to the show. So there you go. That's Noah's, how Noah's starting their year off, and we'll see. I would be stunned if they didn't run Sumo Hall again. Like, why wouldn't you? So...
2: I guess yeah, we'll say. they will, yeah, yeah, so, yeah they absolutely will again, yeah. it's just that, yeah, it's when 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 it will become usable again because of the Olympics?
1: Yeah, that's true. So I I, I think probably yeah, after so they, the Olympics are over, Because right? there's a Paralympics too, I know, but that's when the fuck are the Paralympics?
2: Yeah, I think it...
1: okay, the Paralympics are over September 6th. September? So you think you think the the yeah. be by October, November
2: Yeah, they could be doing the Yeah, but then obviously, obviously New Japan is going to run New Japan is going to run Sumo Hall probably for the end of the G1 again Yeah
1: uh, Oh, you heard that rumor too so, that they're moving back
2: I would assume so because otherwise they would have to find somewhere outside of Tokyo to run the finals of the tournament
1: hmm. So I guess we'll see um, but yeah, so that is the Alt Noah talk. Let's move over to Big Japan. Uh, Big Japan, I don't know, <laughs> they they had a year. I mean, I definitely wouldn't call it, I definitely wouldn't call it a good year. I mean, I very, I very much lost interest in their in their year, so maybe I'm not one to talk, but like the you know, I, I really I used to always watch their monthly korakans, and I, I really didn't even do that this year. I've just kind of like, uh, Dipped in when it looked interesting Which really wasn't that often I mean their booking at the best of times is very much like Okay Like <laughs> it feels like It's the closest to like The the CMLO booking hat That like uh, You know Lucha fans always talk about uh, But there were some You know there were some highlights for sure Some high level matches uh, You know January 13th They were mostly tags honestly Like January 13th uh, The two was, two was get early Korkin, uh, had an awesome, awesome tag match for the All Japan tag titles with uh, Strong BJ beating Violence Giants. That was a four and a half star tag match. I, I liked it better than the uh, rematch in, in All Japan, which I think was a minority viewpoint, but I, I thought that one was awesome, the Big Japan one. Um, you know, they, the, the deathmatch stuff didn't really feel that interesting. I, I checked in a little bit for the uh, for the tournament, but like nothing really Yeah, tournament.
0: out. The tournament was a little down. There was some good Takeda stuff in the tournament. Um, I really liked the uh, the 1-2 deathmatch um, title between Takahashi and Sukamoto. But other than that, I mean, the deathmatch scene was obviously a step back from Takeda's really great run last year.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just, yeah. No, nothing was going to be able to follow that. So.
2: Right. It's, I was actually, I actually, and for me, it was kind of a down year for Big Japan as well. And I didn't even kind of realize until, like, later that Kotaka had won the deathmatch title, which, in theory, that's, like, one of my favorite wrestlers. And if I didn't even, like, realize that he, like, just won that title, like, I think that's a bad sign kind of for the buzz that the promotion currently has. And, I mean, it, like, complained a lot about the booking in all Japan, but, like, the booking in all Japan is genius-level booking compared to the booking in big Japan, which has just been awful. I mean so, if you look- just look at like someone like Ka- like if you just look at someone like Kawakami <laughs> who like got the big win against Kota Bayashi at their, at the Sumo Hall show last year and then he did absolutely nothing for the entire year this year like he didn't even get like one like strong title match out of it like hey, the biggest he thing all Asia did tag all year sure. yeah all he got an <laughs> all Asia tag team title match great things I mean, that was
1: awesome. That was an awesome match where he and uh, yeah. Kikuda beat Lee and Iwamoto at Endless Survivor. That was like the highlight of a, of a pretty bad Endless Survivor. Because um, that Endless Survivor on May 5th in Yokohama, that's usually one of the, you know, I mean, last year's I remember being an awesome show, and that's usually a really good show. But like here, um, you know, you, you go in like, oh, Okabayashi gets Sekimoto for the strong title. And then they just kind of had it. That was like maybe the most disappointing match of the year in any promotion. I mean it was just a fucking match, like a three and a quarter star or whatever match. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like who think who would think that Okabayashi and Sekimoto would have a match that disappointing? I don't know if it was just like Okabayashi was uh just coming off the champion carnival while he was just really tired. But like it was really not good, like for that level, you know? But to try
0: and to try and put some some positive spin on, on their year. I mean, they've had the, the two really great tags that are in match of the year contenders. Um, which was strong BJ and violent giants. And then um, well, I'm going to the- get
1: to that one. Yeah. Okay. Be- and the
0: other one, but, and then also I think the big defining story of the year was Okabayashi and no more. And I'm not sure how much either of you saw of that, um, but they built that up. The, the match was announced. I want to say like a couple months ahead of time and they built it up through tags. And for the first month of the buildup, Okabayashi would just get no more at every turn. And then finally did a big corking tag. And Nomura finally beat Okobayashi in a tag. And then, you know, Okubayashi, uh gets a win back. And then Nomura, they have a tag. I want to say at, like, uh, Death Vegas or some, like, B-level Big Japan show um, between the two. And Nomura gets a tap-out win. Um, and then they have their big match. And finally, it's like, okay... Nomura has proven he can beat this guy that's been so clearly better than him for so long, but he's finally proven he can beat him. And there's like just some great hope spots in the match that are callbacks to the tags or Nomura one. Um, and that Okabayashi Nomura match. I mean, if you've seen the build-up tags um, I mean, that's one of my favorite matches of the year. Um, just of the story of Nomura, just like fighting from underneath the whole time. Um, and obviously doesn't come up um, with the win, but that was a, a tremendous match that I think um, everyone needs to go out of the way to see. And, um, I'd recommend watching at least some of the buildup tags as well because they really help you appreciate the match that much more. Um, and it was this type of thing where for the first month, everyone was making fun of Big Japan for the booking. And by the end, um, I thought it was one of the better stories told in pretty much any company this year. Um, and that was definitely the bright spot of the year for me uh, in Big Japan.
1: And then a month later he loses the title to Kohei Sato. Well, me. we don't we need to talk about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so then like, Daichi. Oh my god. The, okay, so let's talk. <laughs> oh, I to no, no, no. <laughs> we, gotta get in, we gotta get into that stuff too, though. That that's good. And that great Okobayashi no more stuff is good. But then a month later he loses to Kohei Sato, who you know, he still brings something to the table. I, I didn't hate that, I guess. match Yeah. Strong. But like but then Sato turns around and loses the belt to fucking Daichi.
2: And like in an absolutely horrifically so, awful yeah, match. match. Well. <laughs> that match was so bad. Was
1: someone <laughs> on here tried to defend it. I can't it remember. It was Jack. Jack tried to defend it. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that was so fucking
2: <laughs> bad. I, I I watched I watched that show live and I just remember like sitting there and watching I was like, what is this? Like who is this supposed to appeal to? Why is Jack. Daichi just lying there on the floor while like boy Sato <laughs> pretends to work him over and he's just Screaming like he's being stabbed! Like what? What is
0: Osprey this? look like? Yes, I
2: was about to say. Like, the real, like, that was
1: like he's doing his role Osprey impression. I'm, like when Osprey was like at his worst last year with the fucking screaming. I'm like, he's like, Osprey's toned it down. I'm bringing it back.
2: I'm, like yeah. what the? Fuck? <laughs> yeah, I was. So and and I mean, it also had no heat as well. Like he, he yeah. like Koizato, like did all this, this to like complete silence. You could hear a pin drop in sumo Like. And then he won and then Daichi wins the title and the crowd just was like, there was some polite clapping, but like not a lot. People were just like, what? Why did he win? Like, no, please don't. Yeah, I, I, I think-
0: sleep live watching that match
1: <laughs> and I was writing the review for the site and I just, <laughs> I could not stay into it. <laughs> I mean, I think real Gokutan, I think is, you know, honestly a better show than some people give it credit for it's a weird show it, but it, it has like it's it's like a half really good show yeah. it's almost like the japanese g1 Supercard, except yeah. there's only one company <laughs> that's a really, really good analogy half, <laughs> half the show is really good i mean the i thought the the main event with izami and yuko was really underrated that was like a four and a quarter star death yeah. match uh you know the blood and history death match was good uh, Sekimoto and Walter against Hino Nokabayashi. That's a five-star five star match. You know, that was an incredible tag team match yeah, that of, was the best great. of the entire year. Um, you know, and then the
0: really
1: Strong Hearts. Really yeah, six fans was really good. Uh, Lee and Nomura against Kakuda and Kawakami was good. But yeah, then it has like the 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 openers were awful. Uh, the tax the junior trip.
0: Match? Oh my god. The
1: junior match was awful. The strong match was awful. There's just some really terrible shit on the show. So yeah, I mean it's uh you know, I, to me the good outweighed the bad enough that, you know, you'll see it later. But like it was just a it was just a really weird show and they uh you know, I totally get why some people are more negative on it, but there's enough really good stuff on the show that you definitely should go back and check it out if you didn't see it. But like, yeah, there's also some really like head scratchingly terrible shit on it too. Um, but yeah, the, the, the tag match Sekimoto and Walter against no Kobayashi. I mean, you know that was an incredible match, and you know probably the kind of stuff people thought they were going to get from that Sekimoto Kobayashi singles match that we just <laughs> inexplicably did <laughs> not get. But yeah, Walter was incredible here, and again showing, uh, you know exactly what a waste it is that he's in World Wrestling Entertainment because you know on a show that nobody watches, and then he turns around and jobs in like five minutes to. uh fucking Drew McIntyre on Survivor Series like two weeks after this, and it's just like, what is wrong with wrestling? Like, why is this man, yeah. why is this man who is so clearly this fucking good and can step into Big Japan and have a five-star fucking tag team match then going and doing a five-minute job for Drew McIntyre at Survivor Series? Like, wrestling is ridiculous when it comes to that, mm-hmm.
2: especially. Yeah. yeah, it's like, I I don't know. Like, all I, all I want to say on that is... Uh, like how can like Taisuke Sekimoto look at that and be like, yeah, I want some of that too. Like, yeah, I,
1: don't know. I mean, I guess money's a powerful thing, but you know, so we have to say also. To that's a good transition. The the rumors, obviously, that what one of the things that's the cloud that hung over a lot of Japanese wrestling this year was the uh, NXT Japan, and we talked a lot about uh, talked about a lot more in the Joshi episode because it led directly to. Um, you know, Road buying out Stardom, so because otherwise WWE probably would have bought them, and you know we would have ended up with Stardom as part of NXT Japan. But apparently, they WWE made a lot of offers towards almost everybody in the sun and men's wrestling too. And uh, we know like Dragon Gate turned them down, Noah turned them down. Uh, I've heard even DDT DDT turned them down. <laughs> um, but Big Japan could be I, the company that, huh? They they asked DDT. Yeah, because I, I heard that rumor because, me- remember, they were part of the WWN thing. Right, yeah. So I think that was like WWE trying to like butter them up to oh. buy them, and Cyber Agent was like, nah, we're good. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... It's
2: all I can say that for like a billion dollar company, WWE is absolutely awful at M&A. Like, it's actually <laughs> yeah. kind of hilarious to see. <laughs> like it's, it, I mean, I mean, if it makes sense if you look at the history of the promotion, like the biggest deals they ever made, like they got complete bargains, so it actually makes sense. And like when they went into Europe, obviously everyone immediately rolled over for them, yeah, so it right. actually makes sense that they actually don't know how to make a proper offer to another company to buy it because they've actually never done it before.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Japanese wrestling scene made the British, uh, the UK, or Europe really wrestling scene look even more ridiculous because they showed them how to. Properly resist a, a WWE, but yeah, I mean, look, I to say I, I'm not trying to insult Big Japan fans when I say this, but like if Big Japan ends up being the one that hooks up with WWE, I, it's not as big of a deal as if they bought out a lot of these other promotions. Yeah. I mean, you know, Big Japan's a weird promotion as it is, and you know, it's half death matches, which WWE is going to have no use for anyway. <laughs> I mean, if they want to have Daishi Hashimoto on NXT Japan, that's it's their business, I guess.
2: Uh, NXT Japan I mean, is Tetsuya yeah. <laughs> That's uh, great. Yeah, I
1: mean the 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 talk of it has like died down a lot, so I don't know if that's just like what's going on there. But like you know, if next year we find out it's like you know Big Japan Sen- Sendai Girls at NXT Japan, I think it could have been a lot worse. Like I think Noah stardom or Dragon Gate stardom or DDT stardom, I think that would have been a lot bigger of a threat yeah. to
2: the, yeah. in the industry. I mean, there's still still some data that they, like, get some people that, like, it's going to hurt, like, other promotions. Like, for example, if they somehow manage to get Kento, which is kind of why I want Sekimoto to stay as far away from Kento as possible for, like, all opportunities, like, that would definitely massively hurt, like, all Japan. And But, like, overall, like, I mean, obviously, NXT Japan doesn't have to be a, a success. Just like NXT, like, UK doesn't have to be a success. It just has to, like... Kill the scene because that's really all they want to do. Like it doesn't actually have to succeed, but I think still, like if Big Japan like is actually the one that hooks up with WWE, like WWE already has like not like a good standing because they will be like the foreign invading company, which in Japan doesn't really have a good reputation. And then uh, Big Japan, like even amongst like the Japanese like wrestling scene, I think overall doesn't necessarily have the best reputation either because it is kind of seen as a bit sleazy as well. So I think that would like further hurt them as well if that is actually like the ones that they hook up with.
1: Yeah. So I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. Did either of you know Big
0: Japan ran uh Yokohama Bunker this week <laughs> and they drew they barely got over a thousand fans. Yeah. It's really <laughs> rough. <Right>. um Kobayashi. <laughs> well, to be
2: fair, like if you look at the drawing numbers in Korokan, like they fluctuate widely, but they often stay below a thousand there too. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. so that was yeah, Abdul Kobayashi beat Izami Kodaka for the deathmatch title. Yeah. Uh, you also had Sakimoto and Kohe Sato winning the vacant tag titles. Um, you know, not really a ton else on that show really, other than the the Stronghearts invasion continued and Okuba. Aoki and
0: Hashimoto, true. that could have been good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. The show hasn't aired yet, right? I don't think.
0: It, it claims it has. It says um, broadcast 12-18. So. Oh, okay, so there you go. Match match, yeah.
1: Check it out, I guess. On it's, it's
0: worth saying that they have a Yokohama bunker show and there's been no
1: hype for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's feels uh, very appropriate. So there you go. Um, as far as, let's see... Um, you'll. Know, let's see what's coming up on January second. So they have a Cork and Hall show with two matches announced, and then they have <laughs> two shows of Shink- Shinkiba January fourth with match or TBD, but like seven matches or six <laughs> matches, and then another Shinkiba show on uh, January fifth. I think Strong Kingdom. With like seven matches. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Why is Kork and Joe that's earlier than the two Shinkiba shows have two matches announced, but your fucking Shinkiba shows have like six and seven, but okay, sure. <laughs> uh, so January 2nd, the new year early death match at six thirty. 30. Uh, this is Abdullah Kobayashi versus Takumi Sukamoto for the big Japan death match heavyweight title and Daichi Hashimoto versus Yuji Kobayashi for the strong world heavyweight title. Um, so there you go. And then January 4th, you know, the 4th and the 5th show is really not that big of a deal. They're just kind of like tag death matches and then to the other ones like uh, strong, you know, strong matches. Well, yeah. I mean, not really anything. St- super. I mean, I the the Strong Kingdom show on the 5th has uh, Okabayashi. No, yeah, on the 5th. It's yeah. Okabayashi and Irieg against Izami Kodaka and Yuko Miyamoto. That could be really good. That sounds nice. I'm going to try to remember mm-hmm. to check that out. But yeah, not really a ton else otherwise. I this
0: can't game. wait for uh, for Okabayashi to carry Daichi to like a three and three quarter star match, and Jack to come on and say it's a match of the year contender.
2: Yeah. Is is there any chance that like Okabayashi wins back to the title there?
1: Very possible. I I, would, I don't know why you couldn't say that possible. I doubt it. I, I
0: wish.
2: I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I wish.
1: Why
0: would I they take why, the
2: yeah. no. why, why put the title on Daichi at like Ryogoko and then have him immediately lose it back to Okobayashi, I guess, but like, yeah. I don't know. I, I just hope that, that like the Daichi title reign doesn't last for too long. But yeah. what, one thing that I actually found interesting is I think this is actually the third year in a row where uh, Tsukamoto actually gets like the death match title shot at like yeah. the first uh, at the first show of the year, which I think that's actually become like an interesting little. Uh, like tradition and i think like the last two years at least the match has delivered so let's see if we can keep that up against uh abdullah as well i think i was like
0: four and a half stars on those last two sukumoto one two title challenges i'm not sure this match will get to that level but i I hope it'll be good
1: yeah so uh there's big japan they're gonna keep on keep it on i guess um so I want to make sure we have enough time to do a couple things for the end. So let's quickly touch on, uh, I didn't really see a lot of t- Dragon Gate. The main thing I would take away from the year is it seemed like it was a transition year. And now we're, you know, we're going to enter 2020 with uh, this slate really wiped clean. And, you know, a ton of people joined Red. Uh, Doi beat Benkei at the very end of the year to win the Dream Gate. And, you know, we we kind of got into now this three-way feud where, you know, instead of all these units that had really, I think, uh, lived out their usefulness maximum and tribe vanguard and natural vibes, now we're just going to have the Toriumon army, the Dragon Gate army, and Red. So basically, a three way unit war with a uh, very similar, almost to Blood Warriors versus Junction Three, except there's like two generational big baby phase armies and then a, a heel army. But uh, you know, Red's not quite as big as the other two, but like. Still pretty big getting up getting to be pretty big now with BB Hulk joining and you know Kaito Ishida joined a little while before that and uh you know Hiyo Watanabe. But uh it's a very very interesting uh you know, time in Dragon Gate. And definitely I wanna try to watch more next year for the first time in a while because you know the the three way feud definitely interests me.
0: Yeah. Shout out to Mochi and Ben um from I want to say October. That match was just really great.
1: Yeah. Uh but and Park and KZ too. Yeah. Which is no, really no, awesome. Yeah.
2: No, no. I think they had a really strong kind of rebound year this year after they kinda of had like a bit of a down year last year, which makes sense given all of the people that left. Uh but and I think kind of the old last thing that was kind of still bothering me a lot about Dragon Gate was kind of all of the factions outside of red being bad really so I think they kind of made like a nice switch now where they just have like three very consolidated factions and uh, hopefully they're gonna have a good year next year and I think they're kind of in a position to do so
1: Yeah. Um, so that's Dragon Gate and then they don't really have any shows Wrestle Kingdom Week as far as I could tell so uh, there you go they're gonna be part of the um, the Wonder Carnival which we'll talk about in a second Uh, Wrestle 1 you know I guess the big thing there still was the Stronghearts feud, although they they kind of blew it off, right, towards the end?
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty much over. I haven't seen, I think, frankly, any Wrestle 1 the second half of the year, um, but their first half of the year, just because I've been so busy, but their first half of the oh. year... Was...
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm a liar. They did not blow that off because uh, Stronghearts just won their fucking tag league on November 27th, so <laughs> <laughs> that's very, very much still going, I guess. At the very least, I
0: feel like the hype has died down. Right. Yeah, but... yeah. Like I said, um, their first half of the year was just really, really excellent um, with the T-Hawk title reign. Um, his match in May against Shuji Kondo, um, if you haven't seen that, I'd recommend going out of your way to see it. I went four and a half stars. Um, and then also his matches against uh, Jiroho and uh, Shotara Ashino at the start of the year um, were really good. Uh, I want to see if I can catch up on some of the big stuff from their second half of the year. Um, but unfortunately, I just didn't have a lot of time. But their first half of the year, at least from what I saw, was really great.
1: And Daiki and did beat T Hawk for their Russell One title on on September first. So I guess I thought that was like the quote unquote low off, but now Stronghearts is still there. So, uh, but yeah, very. You know, they they the people who love Russell One really love Russell One. So uh, there probably is stuff there worth checking out, but I just did not really watch them this year, so I can't really say much about it.
2: No, I think they've been fine overall. I mean, I didn't really watch a ton of it either, but. The stuff I've seen was generally pretty solid, but yeah, that promotion currently just has no buzz. And I think if you look at the attendance as well, like kind of, they were kind of growing a bit with kind of the Stronghearts invasion, but now that Stronghearts is kind of invading everywhere, that isn't really a novelty factor for them anymore. And I think that attendance has also gone down quite a bit since then as well.
1: Yeah. Um, Zero One, I, you know, again, this is a company I tuned into Every year on January 1st and <laughs> otherwise I rarely re- I very rarely remember to watch them but uh, you know they, think, they continue to exist.
0: I think they had a, a pretty good year I always they never make tape, but when they do I think they actually made tape more than they have normally this year. Um, whenever I watch their shows, I always find myself enjoying them. Um, they got Hino and Otani and Sato and Sakamoto was there for a good bit of the year. Um, and then the rise of Toa Iwasaki, who's like their big up and coming star, has been the big story this year. Um, he made it to the, the final of the Fire Festival and had a great match against Yuji Hino there. Then he had a title challenge against Daisuke Sakamoto um, later on in the year. Um, so yeah, Zero One, Obviously, it's a promotion that flies under the radar. Um, but I think there's really great stuff um, on pretty much all of their shows. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to the January show this year. That card's really stacked um, so yeah, yeah,
1: let's let's mention that. Uh, oh, the, well, actually, first of all, I forgot to mention for Wrestle 1, the Wonder Carnival at Osaka indian Arena on uh, December 31st at 3 p.m. Um, you know, it's a very big show as far as, like, it's one of these, like, they used to do a lot more, like, these Gaiora sh- uh, super shows, you know? Remember, Paul, you and I were sitting behind at uh, a yeah. like yeah, yeah. Like, guy who had this amazing-looking card, on the back, yeah,
2: of the show. I, that was that wasn't that Have was that Yamato against Yamato was on that show yeah. as well?
1: It's like one of the that was from like 2009 or something, and they used to do those a lot. And you know, I'm glad to bring that back. It's basically Russell One, All Japan, Dragon Gate, Noah, Land's End. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. That's a fake promotion, yeah, <laughs> yes. So it's a, it's a real all star show here. It's in Osaka, so if you're going for Russell Kingdom, it's a bit of a trek, but uh, this is the card here. Kaito Kiyomiya and Daiki Inaba versus Shotaro Ashino and Katsuhiko Nakajima. It's a really cool, like, yeah. you know, four aces kind of main event here. Uh, I know, two from Russell 1, but still, you know, like, <laughs> two from Noah, I guess. But, you know, still a cool, a cool little match here. Um, you have Zeus, Keiji Muto, and Masaki Mochizuki versus Suwama, Shuji Kondo, and Shuji Ishikawa. Again, very interesting yeah. match there. Um, Yoshi Tatsu defending the Gaora TV title against Sego Tachibana uh, from Wrestle One. Actual wrestler
0: challenging for the Gaora TV title. I feel like <laughs> it's
1: always like random. Like, something wrong with uh, that. Akira Takao Omori and Manabu Soya versus Atsushi Onita, Masato Tanaka, and Leatherface in a street fight. <laughs> Texas Tornado, Bunkhouse Blast.
2: <laughs> so. Boy, hmm. oh boy. And I assume Monita is only getting paid like one yen for it because he's a volunteer wrestler.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yusuke Kodama and Tajiri against Seki Yoshioka and Shigehiro Irie. Uh, Kuma Arashi and Ryuji Sai versus Ryuji Sai. Uh, Pegasso and Luminar and Jun, Jun Tonsho versus KinKi Horiguchi and KZ. Ryuki Honda and Koji Doi versus Big Arshimizu and Takashi Yoshida. Uh, Ganseki Tanaka, Masuki Kono, and Alejandro versus the Strong Machine Army, Strong Machine F, J, and G. And then finally, Takura, Niki, uh, Kai, Fujimura, and Hajime versus Hiroyuki Moria, So Daimonji, and Iki I- I- Ikiho, Ikaho. I'm sorry, I don't know who Kiyosuke Ikaho is. lands in I guess. Yeah. Hmm? Uh, but, yeah, there you go. So it's a pretty stacked card full of, like, interesting matches there for the Wonder Carnival. Uh, January 1st, zero one one Cork and Hall. Uh, headlined by Yuji Hino defending the 0-1 World against Yuji Okabayashi. So Okabayashi <laughs> could walk out of these two shows as a double champion, just like Sakimoto was for a little while last year. Uh, that should be really good.
2: I mean. That should really, be very, very good. That's, like, why do they have, like, the match of the year right at the start? Uh, Sugi
1: defends the 0-1 World Junior slash International Junior titles against Hub. Interesting match there. Yes. Uh, Yuko Miyamoto and Masashi Takeda defend the NWA Intercontinental Tag Team titles against Otani, uh, Shinjiro Otani, and Shoki Kitamura. Uh, Masato Tanaka, Ikudo Hodaka, and Takuya Sugawara versus the Stronghearts, T-Hawk, Irie, and You know, Just a very interesting little six-man tag there.
0: That sounds really fun.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Yasu Kubota and Hide Kubota against Taru and Chris Weiss. And the opener, Kohei Sato against Towa Iwasaki. So definitely going to check that show out. It's 2 p.m. on January 1st. Uh, so if that's if that's airing live, you can watch that. Well, if you have Samurai TV, I guess you can watch that live. I
0: doubt it's airing live, but I hope so. It's say. Sato-Iwasaki match. Um, I strongly recommend people check that out. Um, because Iwasaki's rise has been really fun to watch. Uh he's been probably the best guy this year that you h- might not have seen. Um and so I'm not sure if he gets like a big win there over Sato. Um I'd be inclined to think that he could. Um, they've been really pushing him lately. Um and that'd be a good spot to get it in on you know, certainly your most viewed show of the year.
1: All so. right. Then, Thomas, you're right. It's airing on it's airing eight days later, January 9th. So on Samurai TV.
0: Unfortunately.
1: Well, at least it's airing at all. Zero that's
0: one. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's that's true.
1: All right. So before we move into awards, I wanted to play a little game since I had, we had this doc open. Uh, people do the WrestleMania Path of Greatness. I want to do the Wrestle Kingdom Path of Greatness because there's a couple uh, choices here where I think the choices are a little hard. So we've talked about a bunch of these shows. Um, there's some shows we didn't talk about where you can you know pick and choose like what you know, how many shows you go into each day. What would you do? Uh, December thirty first, I would go to Ice Ribbon Ribbon Mania at eleven thirty AM at Corican Hall. Hall. Uh, you know, that's just a you know you have the Tequila Say a Retirement Gauntlet. Yeah, ha- it's just a really cool looking card here, so I think that's a, a worthwhile show to go to. Uh, I would skip the Wonder Carnival; it's just too far. Or is too far.
2: Yeah, And yeah.
1: I have to go to that DDT Big Japan. Shuffling. Uh, Shuffling. Yeah, Shuffling yeah, Bank yeah. Uh, Cork and Hall eight o'clock.
2: Yes, we should. Uh, you man- can't miss that one.
1: Yeah.
0: We should mention we have a Wrestle King, a doc of all the shows um, <clears throat> going on Wrestle Kingdom week in Japan. Um, I'll link it. I'll link hopefully, it hopefully, it should be up on the site fairly soon. Um,
1: I'll link it in the description for the episode. You so if you want to see all the stuff that's going to take place, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff is airing live. You like, obviously, the D- the DT Big Japan Tie Tournament airs live on Samurai, so that'll be up somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah. So that that's what I would do on December 31st. January 1st, you got Zero One at Korkin, we just talked about. That's a 2 p.m. start. That show looks awesome. Uh, Wave has a new year Wave beginning show at Shinkiba at 6. that has no matches oh. announced, so uh, it's kind of a mystery show, but if you want to check that out, you could. I don't know if I would but no card, honestly. Uh,
2: I mean, I mean, I would probably go there. I mean, there is enough time to get from Korkin to Shinkiba. Yeah. Yeah. time for the show to start. So, and I mean, generally, like these like early years shows tend to be pretty stacked. And I think Wave probably would try to stack that card as well.
1: got to pace yourself, though, I have to say. That's true. Yeah. Uh, January, yeah, night off then, yeah. January 2nd, <laughs> uh, the All Japan New Year's Wars, Corican Hall, 11.30 a.m. Obviously worth going to. Then you'd have your choice between a mystery stardom show, at New Year's Stars 2020 at Shinkiba, or just staying at Corican for Big Japan. Uh, the new year early death match at Korkin. Even with only two matches announced, I think I would just go to the Big Japan Korkin.
0: Yeah, I'd definitely do the All Japan, Big Japan swing there.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I mean that like Kobayashi, Tsukamoto, like Death Match, title match could be pretty fun. So I'd I'd say through like Daichu for that.
1: <laughs> uh, January third, again I would just stay at Korkin, You have All Japan New Year's Wars at Korkin Hall, eleven thirty AM uh, and then you have DDT New Year's Special Gift 2020 at Corican Hall at 6.30. The only match announced so far is Shishiro Takaki versus Da Shokodino versus Super Sasadango Machine. <laughs> but really, what other maps do you need? So <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely go to that. Uh, and you also have Freedoms running Shinkiba at 12.30. So if you don't decide you don't want to go to All Japan for some reason, you do have that option. And you have Stardom running at Shinkiba again at 6 p.m. If you don't want to go DDT, both those shows currently have nothing announced. So yeah. uh, January fourth, obviously Wrestle Kingdom. I'm assuming most people listening to this will go to Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, that's at five PM. But then uh, in the morning you have a bunch of different options. You have you know T- Tokyo Joshi, uh, the Corken Hall show at eleven thirty AM, which is a stacked lineup. Uh, Yuki Sakazaki versus Miyu Yamashita for the Princess of Princess title. Uh, Rika Tatsumi and Miyu Watanabe versus Nodoka Tenma and Yuki Aino for the Princess Tag titles. Maki Ito versus Akari Noah for the International Princess title. Many princesses. And, <laughs> you know, just uh, Shoko Nakajima against Hyper Musao And Saki Akai versus Yuki Fuku, Mizuki versus Thunder Rosa. Just a great card there, so I would definitely go to that. Uh, you also have the Big Japan Deathmatch show at Shinkiba at noon, if you're not into Joshi. Uh, you have a Stardom show at Tokyo KFC Hall at noon uh the rest of Cinderella I believe the,
0: that's supposed to be like a fairly big show but starting announced yeah. announce anything for yeah. I mean, like the second third and fourth I think and they haven't announced anything yet
1: yeah so like that's the same and they're trying to push that since obviously own owns both yeah. is like well you know we're very close to wrestling I mean it is true it's like two stops away yeah so you yeah. could easily go to both but I, I would take
0: the Tokyo Joshi yeah, so. card is stacked
2: yeah yeah I mean I would kind of consider going to the Big Japan show as well, just to like inhale some light tube dust at Shinkiba, mm-hmm. but like I think overall, just looking at that card for Tokyo Joshi Pro, I couldn't really in good conscious like not pick that. So yeah. I would yeah. probably go to that one too.
1: Uh, and then Wrestle Kingdom obviously is the the first night at five p.m. and no one's running head to head if you don't like New Japan.
2: So, I would consider
1: to
0: Noah. I would, I would consider going to Noah, but that Hiromu match is just would make me go. Yeah. to the kingdom. If that match wasn't on the card, I might go to Noah. Honestly, yeah.
1: okay, I would. It, I mean, it, yeah. I have to be there for that. For that, I mean, look. If, anything, if nothing else, even if you're not into the double gold dash, which I, which I think is awesome, that Liger match. I mean, that thing is like yeah. that yeah. Liger match is so crazy. Like Tiger Mask, yeah. Great Sasuke, Fujinami, and Liger against Toguchi. Uh, to Tierra, Takaiwa, Otani, and Naoki Sano. That, I mean, when they announced that, that's just one of the best retirement matches they could have done. So,
2: yeah, and don't forget, John, you could also be there live in person to see Jay White hit the blade run and pin the in. Uh, uh, <laughs> <sure>. <laughs>
1: uh January 5th, uh, you have an earlier Wrestle Kingdom at 3 p.m., but before that, you do have some options still. Obviously, you can go to Noah. Uh, none of these have matches announced, by the way. But you have Noah Reboot, which is they're going to announce the matches during the show at 11.30 a.m. at Korokan. So that's obviously very close to Tokyo Dome. Uh, you also have Sendai Girls at Shinjuku Face at 12, uh, which will be a little bit of a harder trip to get back over to Wrestle Kingdom if you're going to both. But, uh, you know, you you'll have, you you have might have to leave. Sendai Girls a little early even, depending on how long it goes. Uh, where the fuck is Itabashi Hall? I should know this, but let's see. I don't remember. It's one of the few Tokyo venues I've
2: never been to, so I'm checking right now. Uh... Yeah, that's like on my list for like the next trip as well. That and like Monster or Basement. Yeah,
1: that I really want to go to Basement Monster. Yes, that, that looks just fucking awesome. Uh, Itabashi Green Hall is towards. Oh, it's like by it's sort of by Nakano. Okay, so this this is like not not as far away as Shinjuku Face, but still probably a little bit of a trap. I'm going to look this up now for those of you who might want to go to Send to... Uh, oh god, what the hell's running? Itabashi Green Hall. Tokyo Joshi. Okay. Let's see. How long would I mean, wait? I would
2: actually consider going to that Sendai Girls show just because it's in Shinjuku Face, and I really like that venue, so just yeah. to like, have a chance to go there. I'm, but I think overall, I think the Noah one would probably be the strongest show, even though none yeah. of these have
0: Seedling, I think, has a, a cork in either like today or tomorrow um, from the time we're recording this. So we should get a seedlings also running at noon at Shinkiba. Um, we should get a card for that pretty soon. Um, so i consider going to that, but I really um, am into Noah right now. So I'd probably end up going to Noah. Sendai Girls also, their January show last year was pretty strong. Um, so that's a tough, that's okay. probably the toughest choice. We have no, none of them have matches announced yet.
1: So yeah. Right. So to answer my own question, uh, Ida Basikin Hall Tokyo Dome is about 26 minutes which is about the same as Shinjuku Face Tokyo Dome. So either way, Sendai Girls or Tokyo Joshi at noon, you'd have a bit of a trip and probably have to leave early mm-hmm. if you don't want to miss the opener. Um, from Shinkiba, I think that's like even longer. That's probably like 40 minutes. Yep, yeah, exactly yeah. 40 minutes. Wow. So <laughs> if you want to go to seedling... You know, you have a little bit of a trip there too. Yeah. Uh, so any of those shows, I mean, n- if you're if you really need to make the like to me, I want to be there for the start of Wrestle Kingdom, so yeah. I would probably go to Noah for that yeah. reason alone, because you're pretty much guaranteed it's you know a minute walk. So go to Noah at eleven thirty, and then go to Wrestle Kingdom at three p.m. to see Naito become double champion, and then you see after I shouldn't I said night though. Uh, and then after Wrestle Kingdom, um I mean Wrestle Kingdom probably run long so you'll probably miss some of this, but like uh DDT's running is running Idabashi Greenhall at six PM, nothing announced. is running Shinjuku Face at six PM, nothing announced. And Big Japan is running Shinkiba at six thirty, uh with strong, strong Kingdom strong. with a bunch of yeah, yeah, with a bunch of stuff we talked about already. So yeah, there you I, would, go. I mean, That's if true. I wouldn't
2: go, like, if I would say, like, for some reason, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, then wouldn't go to Wrestle Kingdom, I would probably go to the Oz Academy show of those three, to be honest.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I would try to go to Noah and New Japan and maybe try to rush over to Oz Academy if I could make it, but probably not.
2: Cause my God, could, yeah, probably. No, like, it starts at 3 p.m., like, there's no way that shows over by 6. Yeah, it'll be
0: over at, like, 7. So you you could get to, like, the last hour, hour and a half of Oz Academy. Yeah.
1: So there's your path of Wrestle Kingdom greatness, I there, guess.
0: There's a lot of good shows running, and so it'll yeah. be good to watch. I don't so. know if anything's airing live other than the new Japan, all Japan DDT stuff.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean there should be stuff trickling in over the course of the next week.
2: Well, where the all be J- Big Japan, Japan stuff on Samurai Live, I think.
1: Well, the All Japan stuff will run live. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, you yeah, said yeah, all Japan,
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure. But, uh, Big
0: Japan could be live, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there'll be a nice trickle of shows for like the first week and a half of January to check out um, that I'm really excited for. So,
1: yeah, it's always a fun time. All right, let's get into our award picks. Award Uh, picks. This, this, again, for these awards, it would be anything other than New Japan, DDT, and Joshi. So, any other Japanese promotions. So, match of the year, my fifth place match of the year, the Triple Crown title. Kento Miyahara versus Suwama, All Japan, February 24th at the the Excite Series Night 11 in Yokohama. I went four and a half stars. Uh, What is your number five match of the year, Thomas? Uh,
0: I have Jake Lee versus Kento Miyahara in the match that John hated Um, (laughs) (laughs)
2: um,
0: from the Royal Road Tournament uh, final show on September 23rd.
2: Paul? Paul? Yeah, I have uh, Jake Lee and Naoya Nomura against Kenta Miyahara and Yuma Iyagi from the uh, Real World Tag League final. All right. Damn, now I'm really going to have to watch that.
1: <laughs> fourth, fourth place match of the year for me, I have the Champion Carnival Block A, Yuji Okabayashi versus Zeus, the All Japan Champion Carnival Night 13, April 21st in Hotel Emisia, Emisia, something like that, Sapporo, I want four and a half stars on that. Just to, If you love big, beefy dudes beating the shit out of each other, I mean, that's a match you absolutely have to watch if you missed it. That's just one of the best matches of the year. Uh, Thomas. Uh,
0: number four for me is Yuji Okabayashi versus Takuya Nomura from Big Japan's Osaka Surprise 42 on July 21st.
2: Paul? Yeah, and that is actually the exact same for me as well. Number
1: three for me. Kazuyuki Fujita versus <laughs> Shuhei Taniguchi. Noah the Best, Battle of Aesthetics, November 2nd, Sumo Hall. Four and a half stars. Yes, it's eight minutes. I don't give a fuck. This match is so fucking good as far as like old school, shoot style, beating the fucking shit out of each other with headbutts and just bloody and fucking pounding each other. Just really old school, like, fucking uh, hardcore shit here. And I just, I, I adore this match. If you somehow didn't see this one, um, you know, it's it's like almost nothing else in uh in Japanese wrestling this year. It's just such a good match. I definitely go out of your way to see it. Uh Thomas? Uh number
0: three for me is Takashi Sugiura against Goshiyazaki um from September 9th. Noah in the uh, N1 victory block A finals. Um love this match, just like two guys beating the shit out of each other. Um they had a great match last year too. Um, And this was pretty much right at that level. Um, I loved it. Four and three quarters for me.
2: Paul? And then for me, it's Jake Lee versus Kento Miyahara from the Champion Carnival Final.
1: Uh, My number two is Triple Crown title. Kento Miyahara versus Jake Lee. All Japan, uh, October 24th. The Raising an Army Memorial Series Night 6 at I went four and three quarters. Um, I thought this was just the best of the Kento Miyahara uh, title defenses this year or just I don't know Like it also helped that I was going in unspoiled too and like I by the end was just really really rooting for Jake Lee to pull it out and like I got so behind him in that match it was just such a fucking awesome match and you know Corkin got so into Jake Lee after he you know looked dead in the water at times this year so it was just such a it was a match that I as a long time Jake Lee fan just really connected with so I can understand why other people don't have it as high but I, I adored that match Thomas?
0: Um, everything you said was right. You just had one of the names wrong. <laughs> Rec <Rack> number two <laughs> is Kento Mihara against Naio and Nomura um, from All Japan, uh, September 3rd. Um, just a tremendous match. I was also, I was unspoiled. I'm going to sound exactly like you, just with a different name. <laughs> I was unspoiled for this match. It was crazy to see um, like how behind Corkin was of Nomura and Me too. I was just so invested in the match. Uh, and he ultimately fell short. Um, but this was like, okay, this is why I watch All Japan. I mean, I was just so invested in seeing Nomura win. Um, and you can't tell me that he's not ready after watching this match and after watching the crowd um, connect with him in this match. Um, I think he's ready to be on top. Uh, and it's my number two match of the year
1: for Mr. Piero. Uh, yeah. What, what do you got
2: here? Yeah, uh, my number two is Ben K versus Park from Cobra uh, World and Dragon Gate because to me that match it was like it really was like the crowning of an ace and it was perfectly structured with like Park never taking a fall anywhere and then finally being unbeatable essentially since he left WWE and then finally Ben K is able to overcome and put him down and firmly establish himself as like the ace of like uh, Dragon Gate and to me, it was just kind of perfect storytelling <laughs> and it paid off perfectly. Uh,
1: and my number one match of the year, Daisuke, Sakimoto, and Walter versus Yuji Okabayashi and Yuji Hino. Big Japan, November 4th at Ryogoku Tan Sumo Hall. Five stars, uh, pretty much, you know, the exact type of match that made me fall in love with Japanese wrestling in the first place. Just four big dudes beating the shit out of each other. Uh, I loved every single second of this and, you know... Really, just makes you feel very badly that Walters in WWE. But what are you gonna do?
0: <laughs> yep, uh, Daisuke Sakamoto and Walter against Yuji Okabayashi and Yuji Hino from Big Japan, November fourth. Exactly what John said. Just what I want out of wrestling. Four dudes beating the shit out of each other. A ton of fun, nonstop action. Um, I watched this live, and my jaw was just like to the floor. Um, and I was I was so tired, and just this match woke me up so much. <laughs> It's just unfortunate that there was a Daichi match later
2: on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And five stars. My favorite match of the year for that is not that match. Oh. It's actually Kentu Miyahara versus Noya Nomura from March 19th. Mm. Uh, as I said, I think I've talked about this match a couple of times already, where to me it was like the breakout for Nomura. And, like, I kind of went into that match having high expectations and it was even exceeded. And I was, like, really surprised, like, how much of a complete and a breakout performance film it was. And for me, kind of on this night, kind of a star was born. And I think it was just a tremendous match overall. I think
0: we each have, um, <clears throat> like, seven different Kento matches between our lists. And all of them are different. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because <laughs> we have all three Kento Lee matches. One of us had, and then me and Paul each had one of the Kento Nomura matches, and he, John had uh, the Kento Suwan match. It just goes to show like how absurd of a year he had. Is that like all three of yeah. us found different matches of his among the best matches of the year?
2: I, I mean, um, I even had like a hack match in there as well. Yep. Yeah.
1: Uh, the only thing I, I want to apologize, by the way, I think I just coughed on the air. I tried to get the. Tried to get the mute button, didn't get it, but what are you going to do? Okay. All yeah. right, Best major Show. Uh, here I w- I'm just going to give our top three each. Uh, I went Big Japan, Ryugoku Tan in third, because, again, it was half an awesome show, half not an awesome show, <laughs> but this was not... There's not a deep year for, uh, like, super cards, as far as what I saw, anyway, from these promotions. Uh, Second, I went with the Giant Baba Memorial Show from February 19th at Sumo Hall, which, you know, it it only had one match. I went four stars or better on the the main event with uh, Tanahashi and Miyahara. But, like, as far as, like... Everything on the show was, like, enjoyable, even if it wasn't hitting that four-star level. But, like, you know, the... There's just so, no almost nothing in this fucking year that, like, hit that level for me as far as, like, everything, you know, being a baseline enjoyable. And, you know, I don't know. I'm describing this very badly. But, like, it was a really fun show. the best yeah. way I could put it. Like, go back and watch mm-hmm. it if you missed it. And if it, if it like, flew under the radar for you, uh, you'll definitely enjoy the show from start to finish, which is more than you can say for a lot of other shows this year and the main event was like a legit great match yeah there was like it was a really good match so definitely worth checking out but uh the number one show i thought clearly head and shoulders above every other supercar from these promotions that i saw anyway was no the best the battle of statics on november 2nd sumo hall uh definitely a show worth checking out if you didn't see it uh thomas go ahead
0: all right so number three for me is All Japan's Summer Explosion Series 2019, Day 13. Um, they're corking from September 3rd. Um, this is the show. I think it was on a Mikasa to talk about the show um, with the tremendous Kento Nomura match. That was number two on my match of the year list. Uh, also the great uh, Sai and Zeus against Violent Giants title challenge, and then the oddly really great Tajiri against Akira Francesco match. Yeah, that
1: was really good.
0: that's <laughs> um, so yeah. number three for me. Um, that was my favorite all Japan show of the year. Um, like you said, not like a lot of super cards for them, but there were a few shows of them that I was going between for the three spot. Um, also considering the day one of the carnival, the A block of the carnival finals, and then the first um, kento against uh, no more Corkin that also had Violent Giants against uh, Strong BJ. I want to say, Um no, not not Violent Giants against Strong BJ. Uh, sorry. It was Violent Giants against. Oh, no, it was. I don't know. Why I'm okay. head. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, anyways, number two for me is Kobe World from Dragon Gate. Um, I wasn't as high on the main event as Paul. I um, wasn't super high on anything on the show, but it was just a really enjoyable show from start to finish. Um, nothing was really bad. Nothing peaked super high, but a lot of great stuff. Um, and then number one for me is the same as John uh, Noah the Best. Um, really great show um fun super atmosphere um and i really i was so happy that they main evented with kano uh in kaito because i've been investing that story uh for a while i've been a kano fan uh for, for a little while now i thought he was really great in 2018 and i'm really glad that he got that spot uh here against his like big generational rival even if he came up short
2: uh paul hmm? uh so my number three is the Night seventeen from All Japan's Champion Carnival on the twenty-eighth of April. I think that was overall kind of to me at least it was like kind of one of the best the best night of the carnival shows as well. Is like you had like that, a pretty but... strong undercar. Hmm? that the A block final. Um no, that's the B block final. That's A-block. where you had that's where you had like yeah, the B block final. So you had, like, then at the top, you had, like, Jake Lee kind of squashing during almost. And then you had, like, this amazing Nomura versus Obama match, where Subama was was just attempting to just grind down, like, Nomura into a pace. And then him, Nomura, having this, like, amazing fiery comeback at the end. And then him having to face Jake Lee in the B-block decision match as well, which I think that was just a tremendous show all top to bottom. And to me, it was kind of, like, the most stacked show that all Japan had during the year and then number two for me is uh, the Noah the Best show it's I probably didn't like some of the kind of top line stuff as much as like some other people did but I think it's like overall it was like pretty tremendous like I did think kind of like that like just before the main event they had like two kind of not so great matches with kind of Muta against Murafuji and then Segura versus Elgin but then overall like otherwise they had some pretty great stuff with the DHT tag team title match with uh, Shiozaki and Nakajima and then obviously the main event I thought was like a very strong match as well Uh, but I think otherwise like the other kind of top two matches there kind of drag it down so that it's not quite the best for me so and the best for me was uh, Cobra World. I mean I kind of just praised the main event but like otherwise there was some great stuff on there as well where you had the Twin Gate title match uh, where Red won the title and then you had like the really great uh, Casey versus Shun Skywalker match as well, which I just I loved that match as well. So I think overall, just top to bottom to me, that was the strongest show of the year. And you also kind of had the kind of uh the two on one handicap match as well with Ichikawa and Saito versus uh Choi Hongman, which I think was very funny to watch as well. So that's why to me, top to bottom, it was the strongest show of the year.
1: All right, so we got to get through the rest of these awards faster to get to the questions before Paul has to we yep. asked for Star Wars, so let's say best feud. Uh, I have Kento Miyahara versus Jake Lee from All Japan in third, Kento versus No More from All Japan second, and then I went with Kaito Kiyomiya versus Kano from Noah in first, which I thought was a, just a really, really strong feud. And if you uh missed the, I think it was Puro Dino on Twitter who did an awesome, awesome thread about it. If you don't know the all the history they had leading up to the uh. Oh, she's locked, so that makes it a little difficult, actually, to recommend it. But she uh, she did a great threat at the time, so uh, there you go.
0: Yeah, my list is pretty similar. Um, Tento and Lee from All Japan is my number three. Um, Okabayashi against Nomura from Big Japan, which I talked about earlier, is my number two. And then number one, uh, I agree with John, I think very clearly to me, the feud of the year is Kaito and Kano. Um, they have a story dating back to last year. Uh, then the Corkin match this year through their tag league run together and then the breakup and into the big match this year um, after Cano won the N1. Um, just a really great story. And I, I assume it's a feud that will continue as Noah's big generational rivals feud um, for years to come. So really mm-hmm. great year.
2: Yeah. Uh, my number three is uh, Ben K versus red. Uh, I felt, like I said, I praise kind of the story and how it was built up to Cobra world. Uh, my number two is Kento versus Nomura. Yeah. Just tremendous series of matches. And I think it's what, like, I can't give it the top spot because it's still, to me, it's still ongoing right now. And then the best feud for me of the year was Takuya Nomura versus uh, Yuji Okabayashi. I think Thomas has kind of praised it excessively already and that just kind of mirrors all of the feelings that I had on it as well. Just great storytelling.
1: Uh, tag team of the year. I have Strong BJ, Sekimoto Kobayashi in third, Violent Giants, Ishikawa, and Suwama in second, and Axes of Shiozaki and Nakajima in first. I already kind of talked about why, so I don't need to go into telling that again.
0: I have the exact same top three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check out the Violent Giants-Strong BJ matches if you haven't. Uh, check out <clears throat> Axis' matches against Sugi Yami, and then um, also their match on No the Best.
1: All right. Well, mm-hmm. Thomas, good opinions. Paul? Good opinions. <laughs>
2: yes. Uh, so, before I lay out my top three, I want to give a shout out to Takashi Yoshida and Gianni Valletta, <laughs> who just missed the cut, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, no, but honestly, so my number three is Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi. And I think Yuma has really benefited from teaming with Kento this year, where right? it really has helped him develop as a performer. It's my number two is uh, uh, Katsuhiko Nakajima and Go Shiyazaki. And I think we've talked about tremendous team. And then my favorite team still, so I think like the third year running now is the Violent Giants, which just always tremendously perform. I just wish that this had actually been the last year, but still my favorite tag team, and they're probably going to be next year as well. So <laughs> I forgot
1: to do best promotion when, we, when I told you guys because we could definitely do that. Let's just all give our number one. Uh, for me, it's all Japan still. I just think the wrestling is just too, like the high level wrestling is just too good still. Even with all the booking problems, for me to go with anybody else.
0: Uh, for me, all Japan's one, and then I'd say Noah two, and then three, uh, maybe Big Japan. But let me throw Zero one in there to give them a shout out.
1: I I would definitely do Noah two, and I don't even I, I don't even know who three. So, zero one, Josh,
0: I, don't, zero I don't know zero if one. Big
1: Japan Zero One, sure, the one show I saw from that I mean, it, it sure as fuck should not be Big Japan with how bad the book is here
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I would probably put Noah free and then like one and two are actually really hard for me, I probably will have to give Dragon Gate the number two slot and then I would give All Japan the number one slot, even though I complained about their booking incessantly but I only do it because I love them so much so they still would be my number one
1: uh, most outstanding wrestler, I went with Suwama in third. I just think he had Ooh, good take. Yeah, he had like an amazing first half of the year. Even if he fell off a little bit in the second half, he still had enough like really strong tag stuff and stuff that I thought you know it was good enough for third. And with Kento Miyahara in second and Yuji Okobayashi in first, I could easily swap those two. They're both, they just both had incredible years as far as like really everything I saw them in, or nearly everything was really, really good. So,
0: yeah. Um, Wow. I can't believe I'm not the one on that has am on their list. Um, but yeah, Suam so had a tremendous first half of the year. He just barely missed the cut. He'd be number four for me. Um, number three is Daisuke Sakamoto. Uh, great first half of the year, especially. Um, <clears throat> and then number two and number one, I feel very confident about. They're also my number one and number two overall for any promotion. Um, and that's Yuji Okabayashi in second, and then Kento Miyahara in first. Um, I think Kento's year this year is just like an all-timer. I think his, his triple crown one has just been incredible. Um, so, yeah, I can't praise him enough.
2: Yeah, I actually had U2 huh? Okabayashi for it, but I think John might have just swayed me, and I think I'm going to put Sawama for it instead. And then I'm going to put uh, Noya Nomura as the second one, and then Kento Miyahara is my number one.
1: And then wrestler of the year, including, like, drawing and MVP quality and all that stuff, uh, I put Okabayashi third here. I think... You know, without him, I don't know what big Japan's year would have looked like, honestly. And like, he just was so important, the strong division there and everything. And you know, probably should have had a longer reign as champion, but you know, was a big deal as the champion carnival outsider too in all Japan. Uh, Kaito in second. You know, Noah had a great year. Um, I just don't like his matches quite enough to put him first, but he clearly was a you know he was a success as the champion. And then Kento in first, because God knows even where the fuck all Japan will be without <laughs> Kentō Miyahara. Oh, my <laughs> God. So, yeah.
0: Go. Um, third for me, I was like, I wrote, I don't know, Yuji Bayashi, I guess. <laughs> um, his match <laughs> has been incredible, but I mean, I'm not sure how great Big Japan's drawing has been this year. Um, but he gets the third kind of by default, him or Sakamoto, I guess. Um, number two for me is not Kaito, it's Kano. Um, I love Kano's in-ring work, uh, and he main-evented not only the know the Best Show that drew 5,500, um, but also he main-evented uh, the N1 Finals in Osaka, Eddie, and no- Number 1, which I think drew 26 or 2,700 fans. Um, and for a promotion to draw that much when most promotions outside of New Japan and Dragon Gate are struggling to hit four figures there, um, I think that's a really big accomplishment. So that's why Kano is number 2 for me. Um, great match in that main event against Sugiura as well. Um, and then number one, it has to be Kento Miyahara. I mean, if you're looking at this from an MVP quality perspective, it's him and no one else in the entire world. I mean, I'm not sure All Japan is still here without Kento Miyahara.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I actually have the exact same top three as drawn. So Okabayashi first, Kaito second, and Kento as the first.
1: All right. So let's dig into the questions. Uh, first of all, on Twitter, Leo PapazMedoff says, "Which company booking did you enjoy most this year? All Japan That's Noah, or Big Japan? Uh, I mean, I think it's Noah. It's I think pretty Noah. much Yeah, all the decisions yeah, Noah, they made. Absolutely. All the decisions they made seem pretty, pretty uh, solid. And you know, they, I think they've really set up their 2020 really well with Go and Nakajima yeah. as possible challengers. So yeah. I have to go with them." I'm
2: really uh, looking forward to their year. I think that was the only promotion out of those where we didn't complain about the booking <laughs> on the no. show.
0: And I think we even praised it to some extent. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: so we didn't get a ton of questions. So let me go. That's the only Twitter question. The Discord on Super JCast. I have one question here from Ice Age Coming Who is the most handsome, pure ace, and why is it Kaido Kiyomiya? Um, uh, I think it probably is Kaido. I don't know.
0: Let me think. You're not a big,
1: you're not a big like Hino fan in
2: no, 0-1? No, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Belly not, not doing anything.
1: <laughs> any any other? I don't know. Anyone else have any
2: other thoughts? I'd take Kento over Kaito. I mean, I probably yeah pro- yeah I probably would take Kento over Kaito as well. I
1: think but, Kaito's a little more.
2: I don't know. I think they're well. both. I think they're both kind of pretty pretty boys, I guess. So yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, let's say we got a few more questions in the. Uh, in the Voice of the Wrestling Discord. So we have uh from Liam here, a Japanese promotion gets a, a mainstream US TV show and replaces AEW. Which promotion do you want it to be and why is it hard hit? Uh we didn't talk about hard hit, we but did, that show yes. we went to, Paul was awesome. Yes. Uh, that was amazing. Yeah in June. Just total fucking Nothing but uh, dudes doing 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 uh, <laughs> mat work and striking and stuff. It was so much fun. Uh who do I want to get a US TV slot? Let's Basara. Basara, let's say Basara, sure.
2: No, you know who you want to give that TV slot to? J Stage. J Stage. Yes.
0: Honestly, J Stage had a sneaky, sneaky good year from the two
2: shows. Yes. I saw. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, 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 I almost, know. I almost put <laughs> that J Stage show we went to do. Like, I almost put that show like on my like top three of the year list. Like, that was tremendous.
1: Yeah. Uh, Dan Walker. But says, then I
2: couldn't because that show doesn't have a main event anymore. So.
1: Yeah. Walker says, your favorite All Japan... He has a lot of questions, let's say. Your favorite All Japan junior? Uh, it Sato. Might, yeah, I was going to say, my advice to all Sato for me. I love Sato. <laughs> He's so good.
2: <laughs> I, uh, mine would probably be Yasuko Kara at this stage. Okay.
1: Oh, that's a good take, yeah.
2: Your I still fav- think
1: Okada's slightly better, but your, Okada's your getting there. F- your favorite All Japan sleaze wrestler appearance this year? I don't know. Oh, God. Uh, probably probably Shrek because it pisses people. Yeah, just because it made Germans
0: is so mad. That's,
1: yeah.
0: Or no, I yeah, want yeah. Hellboy. Or what's what's that? Wasn't, oh, that was, God, probably, that was probably that was probably Shrek. It was probably Shrek. <laughs> yeah. Uh
2: I still I still kind of have a fondness for carbonito because it's just kind of the sponsor guy that they barely trained who does like crazy topes and nearly dies. <laughs>
1: And then, should Big Japan bring in more hosses from abroad? And who? Uh, I, I can't think of anybody at the top of my head. So, does either one of you think of who the fuck's available that they could bring in? I have no idea.
0: Chris Dickinson yeah. is he a hoss? Who? Chris, Chris
2: Dickinson?
0: Dickinson. I I saw. Oh, a Chris Dickinson. From...
2: Sorry, I didn't
0: yeah. I saw a match from Beyond this year, and it was Sekimoto against Chris Dickinson. I don't watch a lot of U.S. wrestling, but that was really good um so shout out to that sakamoto against chris dickinson i know. mean
2: actually actually there might be someone who has who's kind of coming up in ireland right now who has a bit of horse energy who might actually be really fun in big japan and that would be callum black who i've seen like a couple of times on odt shows and he's been pretty good on that he has a pretty good intensity already so i think he would actually fit in really well in japan
1: okay so Don Waka, I'm going to, sorry, you asked like 16 questions. So I'm going to end it there. Uh, Cause I want this next one's kind of long and I want to get into it. So Prince says they were talked of Noah going into isolation this year and concentrating on their own stuff. Is this the way to go or does cooperation between promotions, uh, you know, help grow your business? And if there is cooperation, what style of cooperation is the best? I, I, I think there's good arguments for isolation and for cooperation. I think, you know, you have to be very careful with cooperation because, like, as promotions who worked with New Japan in the recent past can tell you, it is very easy for the bigger promotion to kind of eat you up in that. Um, on the <coughs> other hand, yeah. Well, not just that, Noah. Well, yeah, Noah. DDT <laughs> yeah. almost lost, like, half the roster and did lose Kota and Kenny Omega. I mean, look, there's a lot of issues there but I think if you're both on roughly the same level it can cooperation can be great and I think you know it it adds to it adds a lot to like imagine all Japan and big Japan they didn't cooperate you know we just add. Yeah, so no,
2: that's a, that's. I think it's like that's the perfect example of like cooperation working because those two just mm-hmm. complement each other very well. I was yeah.
0: very disappointed after the Aoki Memorial Show. There was a lot of Noah All Japan interactions on that show, and I was really disappointed that we didn't get more All Japan involvement on the Sumo Hall Show for Noah. Um, so I want to see they they've been teasing that for a while. Also with Marufuji winning the Carnival, they teased some more crossover after that, uh, either last year or two yeah. years ago. Um, so yeah, I, I, I want to see more Noah, all Japan involvement, but I think Noah being an isolationist is not, that's not been what's yeah. developed. They used a ton of outsiders on the, yeah. they were the best show. Um,
1: yeah. and
0: as much as I want to give credit I mean, to Taito and Keno, I don't think they draw 5,500 without all the guest stars.
1: Yeah. they great boot on
2: everybody. Yeah.
1: I mean, I will say that they definitely,
2: the that I'm...
1: I was going to say they definitely yeah, sorry, on, use but... less like big stars. Like, then, like, they, they don't use another company the way All Japan and Big Japan use each other. And I think they are a little isolationist as far as, like, not when it comes to other Japanese companies, reg, you know, regularly. But, like, yeah, they definitely did use some big stars on that uh on that Sumo Hall show.
0: And they're a part of that Wonder Carnival show at the start of the year. So or yeah. so we'll see if that ends up sparking more involvement between um, them. Like Noah,
1: them. Russell One. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll see.
2: Yeah, that's actually the one relationship that I'm actually very curious about how it develops is kind of this relationship between Dragon Gate and All Japan that we have seen this year, yeah, especially because Dragon Gate kind of historically has been like super isolationist. So I'm actually curious if that is like going to develop more next year.
0: Yeah, Dragon Gate had involvement in I think all of the All, of the all Japan tournaments this year. Um, and then, I mean, two of the four Semi finalists in the junior title tournament are from Dragon Gate. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting.
1: Uh, Rika Tatsumi, presumably not the actual Tokyo Joshi wrestler, but if, she, if this is her talking, I'm a big fan, Rika. Uh, what's next for Russell 1? Will they be lost in the shuffle in
0: 2020?
2: Yes. <laughs> they, yes they, are. Are. <laughs> they already are. They already are lost in the shuffle. Right? The, the, if they're going to be, they already yeah. are. So it's, and, and I mean, I get that uh, it's uh, like another place for people to work, but like, and I know it will never happen, but I would still like, originally, Wrestle 1 was kind of a split from all Japan. yeah. And I do think both would actually benefit from it, like folding back in, because you would have like an immediate feud with uh, Kento versus uh, Ashino, and then you could like, and that you could actually like build a promotion around that for a while. And then you can build up like Nomura and Jake underneath that. And I think like they would just benefit a lot from it, but I know it won't happen. So what can you do?
1: All right. The last question, Liam, when, when will the problem brothers, or where will the bomb brothers be best place to take their rightful place as the best tag team in the world in 2020? I think he's saying like what promotion, I guess. I, uh, uh, they need to come to all of <laughs> Go to he
2: some needed.
1: promotion that does not make tape. Oh, wow. Okay. These <laughs> Brahmin haters. Uh, uh, definitely have to end the show after that. But yeah. All right. So uh, thank you as always for listening, everybody. Go ahead and plug your stuff, guys.
0: Uh, on Twitter at Wrestling Ratings. Um, yeah. That's about it. Hopefully, we'll have. That Wrestle Kingdom week schedule up on the site soon, but um don't forget to link that in the description, John, because I think that's really helpful for people planning out uh how they're gonna be watching some shows in the first couple weeks of January.
2: Yeah. Hmm? I'm saying yeah, what? And well you can find yeah, you can find all of my articles on Voices of Wrestling and then I guess I have a Twitter too, but whatever.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna plug it, so it's fine. Sure. Uh, <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's it for this penultimate episode. Uh, so I've kept it under wraps. First of all, I wanted to make sure I actually had everybody booked in a time that we could actually all do it because that was a little difficult. But next week, the New Japan Pro Wrestling year interview, the final year interview episode, we're going to do here. Uh, I'm very pleased with the guests I've gotten together. It's like a bit of an all star team. As far as like podcast hosts on this network, obviously, my, I will be there as usual. Uh, then we have Joe Lanza from the Voices of Wrestling flagship will be joining us, and Joel Abraham from the Super J cast, and Dan McDonald from the Super J cast. So it's a real summit of New Japan for wrestling podcast hosts on this network. So, myself, Joe, Joel, and Damon all together to talk about New Japan's 2019. That will be next week's episode of Wrestling Omakase. So Jeez. I hope you're, I hope yeah. you're looking forward yeah. to it. I am looking Joe,
0: forward. Joe Joe just barely sneaking into Omakase Award Ballot <laughs> qualification.
1: He, he probably will he even fill it out is the question.
0: I but think the, we should take bets
1: on that in the slack. <laughs> they they now Joe and Rich both filled it out last year. Yep. So we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I don't know if they will. I guess we'll find out. Uh, but, yes, there you go. So, next week, the last episode of 2019, uh, Joe and Joel and Damon all together, along with yours truly, for the New Japan Year Interview wow. episode. I hope you're excited. I'm very excited. Folks, thank you, as always, for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at a Wrestling does not fit. And we'll see you next week for a New Japan Year Interview. Bye-bye.